This is Matt Brown, and you're listening to Just a Good Conversation. Most 14-year-old boys are chasing girls and hanging out with their buddies. 14-year-old John Beaver was shooting his first Super Bowl and hanging out with his father on the sidelines. Funny thing after that, he went on to shoot the next 54 Super Bowls. John is one of the best sports photographers to ever pick up a camera, and you wouldn't know it if you knew him or if you asked him. People would try to imitate Walter. You know, you go to a Super Bowl, he'd be in the end zone. Twelve photographers, six on each side of him. They expected to get the same picture he did. You know, it didn't work that way. (laughs) I'm Matt Brown, host of Just a Good Conversation. Take a listen to our archives. My guests have ranged from Pewitt Surprise winners, college coaches, and three-time Olympic winner, Jordan Larson. For me, I've always kind of played like a little bit of with like a chip on my shoulder in a good way. Like I think that I've always felt like I've had something to prove. Like I've always had to like push the razor's edge, push the boundary. And I think I'm grateful for that. I also think that I, I wish I would have been maybe a little more like relaxed in certain situations. Like I think sometimes I was so focused on certain things that like I wasn't really paying attention on what was really happening around me. Go to justagoodconversation.com for all our archives. Let's take a quick break from my sponsor before diving into my conversation with John Beaver. I am sitting in a beautiful house with a beautiful man. How are you, John? Very good, thanks. This is this is a pleasure. Before we even get started, I can end right now and I'm happy. <laughs> I tracked you down from your drive back and forth between one state to another. And yeah. And, and, I, and I finally got you. Yeah, well, happy to be here. I'm, I'm glad to be doing this. This is, um, this is a pleasure for so many reasons. Um, your, it's like I, my, my room as a child was a shrine and you had images in my shrine, my temple. You, your your images going back from as far back. The, the, the grand piece for me, and we'll talk about this image, is the Doug Williams piece. The the give up non-sack moment against the Broncos. I think that was 86, 87. That was, Super that, was Bowl? that Super Bowl here yeah. in San Diego? Right. Yeah. That was, uh, yeah, late 80s. I'm not sure when. Uh, well, it was Super Bowl twenty one actually. So. <laughs> I love that you Let's know see, numbers. Uh, Sixty six ah. they started, so that would be eighty seven. There you okay, go. Okay, yeah, eighty six season, eighty seven. And that photo, I remember showing people and saying, "This photo is amazing." There are four people in it. There are no eyeballs, but you can see Williams' mouth gaping open, and you see the inside of his top teeth, and you could feel his pain. Like you didn't need to see his eyes or much expression. His mouth was so wide with pain in that moment. That image was on that on my temple wall. Like, wow, thank some, you. Someday, <laughs> if I can make this, you know, that's image. that's my all time favorite Super Bowl photo that I shot. Well, there ends that yeah. podcast. Okay, we're done. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That's the yeah. one. That's- yeah. Well, it, yeah. I mean, it wasn't a a huge play. It was. Uh, it wasn't a winning touchdown. It wasn't the game winning anything. But it had everything that I was looking for in a picture. It had expression of the players. It had action. It had grass flying. It had the color was right on. Back when we were still shooting film, that that meant something. 
Um, so it had those all that in it. So I was that's probably my favorite of all. It's funny because it could have been like a sneaky one that never made you know a magazine or didn't make the book or something. Yeah, could have happened. That's the one. Yeah, that's the one. So it's not bad for all the ones you've you've shot that. That one in the middle of so the... So you're a good editor. Yeah. <laughs> it was just beautiful. Yeah, like, it just... You. I remember... And it was kind of funny. It's before the tuck play, right? And that was not in the Super Bowl, but that was one of those... Did the ball come out? What was happening? That was very similar in that play. That changed it for Denver. That If he's fumbled and it gives away, their momentum is stopped. Yeah, he ended up being the MVP of that game. Uh, a different photo of mine ran as the cover of that game, but... The, you know, this one I think ran as a as an opener of some sort, um, and it was early in the game, um, but yeah, it had everything I was looking for in a picture. So that's also the Super Bowl where the most dumbest question was ever asked of any human being ever. Do you remember that question? No. Did they ask him how long have you been a black oh, quarterback? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he says, "Well, forever, for all, all my life." Yeah, yeah like. Yeah, that is a dumb question. That's about as dumb as you can get. But, you know, so many reporters are at Super Bowl that somebody's got to ask them dumb Someone's got to come up with yeah. one. Photographers don't have <laughs> Your Your life is a, like a, a Hallmark Channel, like, movie. To, to have been re- raised in, like, middle America or there's actually seasons... Um, your father, you know, going to war. You, you got your brother... It's like this little Hollywood storybook. How, how how was growing up for you? And as you grow up in that in that kind of environment, you don't realize it. And then later in life, when you when you leave that, you realize that 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 really was Middle America. I mean, my father had a variety store in Port Washington, Wisconsin. Uh, we uh, he did the Packers uh, photography. He was a fish photographer there for fifty five years. He took me on the field when I was 14. Um, I used to go in the locker, in the locker room. Um, I found this very interesting. He was not, they, I, it was a lot of digging, but he was not the team photographer early in his career. He was called the sideline photographer. Yeah, I guess that, that's, that's such a weird term, but. I know, I, I know. Well, you know, he started out, I think, when 1940-something, 40, 40, yeah, I think he, 42. 41, he asked them, I'll do it for free, I'll shoot a game. The war breaks out. He went to war, Yeah, came back, come and back started, in 46. started doing it. Right. You know, back then, team photographers, like you say, probably weren't team photographers, because I don't think a team wanted to acknowledge, you know, we don't want to pay benefits. Of course, they didn't pay benefits back then. Anyway. Oh, no, yeah. The players <laughs> was, didn't have any. No, were, I know. Look at their... Right. Yeah, their, their helmets were... They were World War II bomber helmets. Yeah, they were hardly helmets. Yeah, your dad was probably like, oh, that guy wore that on a tank a couple months ago. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So he went to the Packers. He said, you know what? I'll, uh, I'll shoot some pictures for you. Give me a pass. I'll send you some prints. Good. We'll call it even. So he did that starting out. And um, now, as a child, do you kind of realize you know, everybody wonders what their dad does? Oh, my dad's a fireman. My dad's a, you know, a baker. Early on, did you understand what your father was? Yeah, I, th- I think I did because I went down in the basement and there's all this professional photography equipment and all these Packer pictures. <laughs> and Bart Starr used to show up at our house. So, I mean, all that stuff kind of made it realize that this was kind of a unique thing. Did he um, snap a lot of pictures of the family? Uh, my dad? Yeah. Yeah, we, you know, we did the, uh, the movies, the, 
what eight millimeter yeah, sixteen silent. millimeter movies. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, we had we had, we had a lot of pictures back then. Uh, <laughs> there's there's one of my sister and I uh, from a from it's, it was before it was Lambeau Field. It was called City Stadium in Green Bay, and um, I think we were six years old, and I think it was probably our first game. We were in the stands. You know, my my family's had season tickets there since 1957. So. Mandatory, isn't it though? Mandatory to have season tickets if you yeah live in if that. you can get them <laughs> if you're one of those thirty five thousand that make it onto off the wait list now yeah. but uh, <laughs> God so yeah we have six tickets there uh, and had have had for now sixty years so um, yeah so picture of my sister and I coming through the goalposts uh, on at City Stadium in Green Bay and uh, I think we were six six years old she's a year older than me so yeah it's we go way back with that with that Packers situation. <laughs> what? So what was his day job? He owned a variety store. My grandfather owned a variety store in Port Washington, which is about 25 miles north of Milwaukee. Okay. It's between Milwaukee and Green Bay along Lake Michigan, Port Washington, Wisconsin. And uh, that was what he did, you know, five days a week. And, and Sunday morning, um, drove to Green Bay and shot the Packer game, came back Sunday night, had a small dark room in our basement, uh, dark rooms, you know, you remember dark rooms? Oh God, the <laughs> smell! I mean, when your mother was happy with that chemicals coming up through the yeah, yeah. the basement. Well, <laughs> as long as she made chili after after uh, December games, he was fine with <laughs> he that. Was fine. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, uh, d- you know, developed developed film, made prints. Um, he was uh, as as well as the Packers. He was supplying a, a, a newspaper out of Chicago called uh, Pro Football Weekly which was published every Monday out of Chicago. Um, this, was, this was in the 60s. Okay. Um, and uh, they, they would send a guy up from Chicago to Port Washington to pick up his prints, so, you know, 6 a.m., take him back and publish a newspaper for, for uh, a lot of the Packer pictures were his. So, yeah, it's, it, we go way back with the Packers. Was <laughs> it an early thing where... Were any of you or your siblings like wanted to pick up the camera and take pictures as well? Yeah, I th- I think you know having all that gear in the basement, we got curious. Uh, my sister never seemed to really want to do it, um, but uh, I did. My brother ended up succeeding my father as te- as now team photographer, right? Uh, and um, so yeah, I think having that equipment, that access, all your you know. Kids in school telling you how cool it is to be able to go on the field, all that stuff. It kinda, so they were aware. Oh, yeah. There's the beavers in yeah. there. They're on the field. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it, yeah, it's one thing if your family have tickets to the game. It's another one where you're the cool kid that's on the field before or after the game or a Tuesday. You get to yeah, you're in the locker room, you know. Right. They're, they're with, you know, Paul Horning's over there, Jim Taylor's over there, uh, Jerry Kramer's over there. It's like... Uh, you could tell you could tell war stories in school the next day. So right, were you a little Johnny to them, or were you just running around causing havoc in the? You know, it's funny because my dad was terrified that I would um, that I would get in Vince Lombardi's way. <laughs> right. So I spent my youth staying out of Vince Lombardi's way. <laughs> uh, that's what I, t- I told people. But um, yeah, I know he was. He said the one thing you don't want to do is get in anybody's way here because you won't be here very long if you do. So uh, so I stayed out of the way. When did you start picking up the camera and thinking, hmm, this is kind of fun? You know, the first real 
game that I remember doing with him on a quote-unquote professional basis with the real camera equipment uh, was the 1965 championship game against Cleveland, Green Bay-Cleveland, Jim Brown's last game. He played in Green Bay. And, you know, I think during that season of 65, I was, I was doing some games, um, a roll here, a roll there kind of thing. My, my dad, I guess, saw something that I had some talent because he, he gave me better equipment for that championship game. And I um, ended up making a picture that ran, ran Double Truck and Look Magazine. And, wow, this is, this is pretty cool. So um, at that point... I guess is when I really caught the bug. Uh, it was a picture of Bart Starr. It was a pan shot. I think I had the shutter set wrong. So I, it was a pan shot. It's funny how some of the best pan shots are the shutter set wrong. And unintentional. Unintentionally. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, that worked out well. And then uh, the Packers, uh, they won that game. And 66 was their first Super Bowl year. And 67... I made the best picture I ever made, the most, the picture that had the most acclaim at the time of uh, the 67 Ice Bowl championship game of Bart Starr sneaking into the end zone. Um, they called it the Sneak. Right. Um, and um, that picture, they tell me, is iconic in Green, Green Bay and Wisconsin for, uh, for the Packer era of that time. So, yeah, all that stuff added up. I mean, I... Uh, Would you dabble away from from the football field, like at home or at school, taking pictures of like friends or flowers? Oh yeah, I or... took pictures of the Port Washington High School football team. Okay, <laughs> so there was there was stuff outside of the Packers you were you were shooting to, to get your layers of work in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The school newspaper, of course. Yeah, right, that's, yeah. Port Washington and uh, that kind of stuff. But yeah, so, um, but I mean, I always look forward to the, to the Packer game on the weekend. And, oh, uh, right. That, who wouldn't, right? You're, exactly. You're, you're way ahead of the curve with yeah, that. Yeah, and green, in the Packers in that era in, in, in Wisconsin was the big, a really big deal. So, What was your gear back then? Do you remember what Dad had and what he would kind of Yeah, no, I, I remember uh, that, like, for instance, that ice bowl game uh, picture of Bart Starr, uh, single-framed Nikorex, Tokina 135-millimeter 2.8 lens, uh, I have the the strip of negatives upstairs in the safe. Um, uh, cut three three frames. The, the one on each side of that of that one frame. You get one frame. You don't get a motor drive sequence, right. of course. You know the play before Donnie Anderson ran, and the is a picture of a pile, and then the star sneak, and the the frame after it was the referee picking up the ball from Bart Starr, uh, like three seconds later. So it was like. You get one shot at it, and you better get it. And I happen to get it, so. I've always thought it would be interesting to have a like a book or something in the days of film. It doesn't work now, but where you show that, like you said, the book end of those two photos, what was shot before and after, right? And it's right. moments like you twenty seconds before, thirty seconds later. Yeah, like it's such a different moment in time. The way we used to work. Oh one, yeah, one picture at a time, and you kind of waited. And, yeah, you had to wait for it. And I think that helped me later on, waiting for a picture, anticipating a picture. Um, you know, later on when I was shooting, like, professionally um, football games, the editors would say, we love editing your stuff because you don't shoot much film. It's like, yeah, I don't start the motor drive when the play 
when, when the when the quarterback's calling the signals and then keep keep it going until they're coming off the pile at the end, after the play, I'm anticipating a picture before I shoot it, and hopefully, you know that they they saw that and and uh, I think I learned that by single framing pictures early early on. So. Right, because it was the expense. Your dad wasn't going to give you 20 rolls of film to no. Go and shoot. No, he'd give me one roll of film. Right. And you're going to make all 36 or 24? What do you remember what it was? 36. Yeah, you're going to yeah. make all 36. When you get to 30, though, you got to start taking taking right. your time. Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> those last six are, are, <laughs> are important. You count them. <laughs> okay, so the important question is, what were you and your dad wearing that day? Because it was a minus 15. It's the ice bowl. It's the ice bowl, yeah. What are you wearing? You know, I was so young, I could have been wearing a T-shirt and wouldn't have, wouldn't have made a difference. I had, I, I had, you know, young blood and... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, no, is uh, you must have been bundled up like you guys were going for a hunt. We were bundled up, yeah. Of course, we live in Wisconsin. Right. The people that came in, <laughs> I remember Walter Yost came in for the game. He's wearing a, a mink cap. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I said, Walter, I think you're gonna need something around your shoulders too. Uh, a mink cap's not gonna do all that much for you. But uh, <laughs> so people that came in that weren't ready for it really They're had the a problem. Got but I mean, we we wore parkas because we wore parkas all the time in the winter there. So right. You yeah. had the boots, the socks. Yeah, the boots, the socks. Yeah, as as well as he had socks in nineteen sixty seven. He didn't have, he didn't have all that great like they do now. Yeah, and, the uh, technology. Yeah, it's, literally, it's technology. Yeah, to what you're wearing. I know, I know, but a lot of people's cameras stopped working, and that was yeah. My other thing, like, did you guys have any failures where? Focus, uh, rings, uh, film crack. I mean, film cracking was a big problem in the cold. Uh, that game, luckily, that that role that I had didn't. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, a lot of people's cameras stopped working. Um, and but my my dad had done enough cold weather games that he knew to keep the battery pack. Yeah, you know, that was an, there was an auxiliary battery pack for motor drive back then. It wasn't attached to the bottom of the camera. Kept it in his parka. Um, Changed it out at halftime, all that stuff. There was little things you could, you could do, um, little tricks that he knew over. Yeah, the years. little tricks, and uh, so for that particular play, it was like, um, you know, they were marching down the field. My dad said we we were both in the end zone. My my dad said, uh, you know, we should really have somebody shooting Vince Lombardi at this point because he's going to react great after they scored the winning touchdown and win the game and win. League championship. He said, I'll go sh- cover Lombardi. You stay here, shoot Bart- you sh- you shoot whatever happens at the right. goal line. And, uh, you know, I was kind of shocked by that because here's this 16-year-old kid with the single-frame camera supposed to cover that. <laughs> I didn't say no. I said, okay, I, I, I can handle it. And um, luckily I did, and the picture came out. And he went over and covered Lombardi. Lombardi did, reacted in no way whatsoever. He just turned his back and ran right for the locker room because he was so cold. He wanted to get the hell out of there. And um, so, uh, you know, my, my picture worked out. His didn't work out too well. It's amazing that he looked at you at that point as a partner, like giving you the option. You stay here. I'll go get the coach. Yeah, he knew I wouldn't be, you know, I wouldn't be allowed anywhere near Vince Lombardi. Sure. I'd probably get in his way. Yeah, well, he had <laughs> issues with Vince, right? He needed to stay out of Vince's way. Yeah, he was terrified of Vince. Everybody, everybody, almost everybody in Wisconsin was terrified of Vince Lombardi. Uh, everybody was. And, uh, you know. Was uh, that just a persona he wanted to have? Or was he that grumpy? 
No, I think he was not that grumpy, but he, when he first came there, uh, you know, he's a, he was a New Yorker uh, from New York. He worked for the, Vince Lombardi, this is, mm-hmm. worked for the Giants, and he would only kind of talk to New York writers, and local writers had a difficult time. He would snap at them, and they weren't used to that because, you know, they were, they were used to people talking to him in Wisconsin. Just being nice and sweet. Yeah, Wisconsin. People, people are that way in Wisconsin, yeah. so it was a little bit different. But I don't think he was a bad guy at a, in any way. He just had that manner about him, and it worked for him, So obviously. your dad just kept that distance. He kept the distance, although later in life, um, uh, my dad had a picture on his wall after, after Lombardi left the Packers and uh, went to the Redskins and then later died of cancer. Lombardi did. Um, signed by, uh, uh, he sent him a print and on Packer Stationery, Vince Lombardi wrote back. And the the part of the thing that made it important to my dad was the secretary had said, Dear Mr. Beaver, and Vince Lombardi crossed that out and said, Dear Vern. So that was kind of an acceptance for him. He kind of ex- felt accepted at that point, but that was after he was gone already. There was little, little things like that, but uh, right. yeah. See, that's precious because he, Vince might have appreciated your father at the time when he was with the Packers, but his gruffness, sort of like how Bill has with New England, he just kind of has this persona. But when you see him, like I saw him, Bill, with Jimmy Johnson, they were fishing in Florida. He's like sweet, and he's that like, grandfather. He's all nice. I'm sure Vince had that same thing. Yeah. Away, he was a sweet. He was a grandfather. He was yeah, I nice. think he did. I think he didn't want to, you know, give out too much of that because he wanted his right. players to be in, you know. Because to... your father captured some unbelievable images of him. Yeah. Did you get a couple of like r- really classic Vince? Photos? I got the tail end of the Lombardi thing, but I I had a few that I liked. Um, yeah, he's he's a very photogenic man yeah very distinct features yeah which is great yeah he's not yeah. he's not vanilla right no I, I there was one image of uh the packers are playing in uh in and after that 66 67 season my dad would occasionally take me on the road to pay, to away games and we, we went to a game in washington and that was the year lombardi was general manager in green bay the following year he went to washington as head coach this was on the field before the game He's looking around. It was kind of a stark image of him in this vast stadium before any of the, any of the teams showed up. And um, uh, that was one of my favorite shots of him. And that one has been reproduced quite a bit also. What stadium was that? It was in uh, Washington. Was that RF? Is it RFK at that RFK. point? RFK. Okay, I wasn't sure how old RFK yeah, I think was. Yeah, I think it's RFK. I know it was pretty old. Yeah. I didn't know how far back it yeah, was. Yeah, that was 60, 68. So I think... So I think it might have been new. What's that? The stadium. RFK? RF it's probably kind of new. Yeah. Yeah. Because the Raider, or the Redskins played in that thing. Can you say Redskins? They played in that <laughs> thing through at least the middle 90s until they went to the new stadium. Yeah. I would think at least I remember that. that stadium would, would bounce. They would jump up and down. And yeah. The, and the hogs would make that place bounce. And yeah, exactly. And off the floor. Exactly. So are you thinking at any point, like, this could be a career for you? Yeah, I or did I, you have I kind other of, interests? Well, I, I kind of had it as a, it kind of worked into a career. Uh, I went to school, University of Wisconsin. Um, but, but even before your thing, college, like there was no way you were going to be like, I'm going to go to a steel mill or I'm going to be a baker. You were kind of set, like yeah, I, I was kind of happy doing that stuff. And uh, you know, a sports fan, uh, more and more photography 
nut, I guess, fan. Um, it worked out really well when you can photograph sports and make some money at it. So right. what's wrong with that? Was staying home or staying at the University of Wisconsin, was that an easy choice for you? Or did you ever think, like, I'm going to go away? No, I, th- I think staying home, uh, a bunch of us from Port Washington High School would uh, went to the University of Wisconsin the first two years, and then I ended up the last two years uh, at the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee because I started working for the Milwaukee Journal at that point. So, no, I, I was happy to stay <laughs> there. You're such a beautiful person. You say that so nonchalant, like, I just got a job, so I had a chance <laughs> for college because I was already no. working in my like. No, I don't want... But that's that's how talented you were. You are. I don't know. I guess. Uh, thank you. Uh, but uh, like I say, I had uh, all the breaks growing up, so it would be a waste not not to use them. Sure. The access what, and everything else. What did you, did dad kind of edit your work or critique you when you were shooting young? And then was that easy for you, that transfer to college to getting that kind of critiquing? Yeah. I mean, I, I, even during college, um, I, I was still shooting next to him with the Packers before I was really shooting for anybody else. Um, so yeah, he would, he would, he would critique it. And, uh, how was he as an editor? Like, was he pretty honest? No, (laughs) everything was good. Right. So he gave uh, you the parent. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Best John, keep doing it. Keep doing it. You're swell. (laughs) Pillow talk with his, you know, your mother that night. Oh God, a kid's killing me. He's out of focus on everything. (laughs) No idea. (laughs) Focus. There's another thing we we lost, right? Right. Yes. Follow focusing. Oh, such a key. That's that was that was the one thing you had to be able to do uh, with back back then. Was it easier to focus for you starting out? Like your long lens was a one thirty five. Uh, no, someone didn't hand you a 600, right? Like you had to start off in increments. Did that make the follow focus easier? Uh, no, I don't think so. I think fo- I think focusing a 600 was easier than a 135, frankly. Oh. Be- yeah, because your depth of field is shorter, and so it's either on or it's off. 135. Uh, you see. Yeah. yeah, 135 might have been a, a yard off. and Yeah, you know. six feet and you're yeah. off, you're gone. No, a six, 600 was my favorite. That That's that's the one I really really had a great time using. Yeah, you were a surgeon with that. Well, I don't know about that, but I mean Walter Yost was a surgeon with that. And that and that's the that's the one who I, I looked at in the mag his pictures in the magazine and tried to tried to imitate and uh yeah. Yeah, I mean so you mentioned like Walter comes in, he's wearing his mink. Were you looking at other photographers back then and their work and trying to emulate it when you're doing a Packers game? Like, ooh, I saw what this guy did, this guy did. I'll try to replicate it. Yeah, not so much when I was doing Packers early on. It was kind of like, uh, you know, helping my dad for the Packers. We were we were, had to make the Packers look good, right? So, uh, you know, f- fumbles they weren't too interested in, um, that kind of stuff. So it was a different style. But later on, after I started freelancing and uh, working for the magazine, um, people would try, try to imitate Walter you know you go to a Super Bowl he'd be in the end zone 12 photographers six on each side of him (laughs) they expected to get the same picture he did you know it didn't work that way (laughs) (laughs) so uh I I kind of realized that early on but yeah I I admired his work uh and even even uh looked at Steve Sable of NFL Films even though it wasn't a still picture it was it was a very unique kind of style of just zooming in and getting to the crux of it because 
I've all, I always thought the best football pictures are the ones where you could see an expression of, on the face. And now that's hard to do with these face masks and everything. Shields. Shields. Yeah. yeah. But back then, I mean, if you had a an action picture with a face, you had something. I always wanted to walk up to LaDamian Tomlinson and cut his shield off. Yeah. And just be like, can I see your eyes just once? Yeah. You know? Yeah, you don't know if they were trying to hide something or if that really helped them. I'm not sure it did. He he said he got poked once so in the eye, and that was it. Okay. And then he can cheat reading the defense. Okay. Sitting back there, he would know who to pick up the mic. Oh, because the they wheel. wouldn't follow his eye. Right, because he could sit back there completely and just, you know, okay, I got to watch. Here comes Ray Lewis. I got to keep an eye on him. So. Oh, that would make sense. Yeah. But, but other than yeah. that, I can never see, like, his face. It was just lips. Yeah. It was, I want to see your eyes and expression. Yeah. I think the photographer's idea, or different than the athlete's idea. <laughs> I don't care if he sees his eyes. Right. So what was, what was that, you know, you're a young man. What was that trip like coming out to L.A. for that first world championship? It wasn't even a Super Bowl you come out for. Yeah, it was the world championship. And, <laughs> Which uh, even sounds cooler. I know. <laughs> Yeah. Was that um, your big trip out to L.A., your first trip? I think it might have been my first trip to L.A. My, my, my parents came out with the Packers earlier on. They, they stayed up in uh, uh, they stayed up in Palo Alto. They, they stayed somewhere outside of L.A., Santa Barbara maybe. Okay. Uh, so they came out on a Wednesday. I, I flew out by myself on, uh, on Saturday. Um, and, uh, yeah, I was a 16-year-old 16, 16 kid from Wisconsin. So, uh, actually, a 15-year-old. The first Super Bowl was 15. But yeah, you were, I mean, yeah. you are barely able to get out of yeah. the house. And there you are, jaunting across the country to yeah, so that was L.A. Little, in the smog. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that was kind of interesting. But then getting home was even even more difficult because, you know, they flew flew back with a Packer team charter. And I had to make my way back to Milwaukee. There was a snowstorm back in Milwaukee that night or the next day when we – I guess it was that night that we came back. Because um, it was a day game. It was a day game, like 1 o'clock games. Thank God for those. Right. Uh, remember those. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so I, um, like, uh, my dad had kind of asked the Milwaukee Journal photographer on uh, Niles Lordson if he would keep an eye on me and kind of <laughs> show me around, show me where the plane was, how to get on, how to get off, all that stuff, which was good because we got back to – we, we, we uh, I think we were delayed getting back. There was a snowstorm in Milwaukee, and the flight got delayed. The uh, My connection going back to Port Washington, which is 25 miles away, um, Niles put me on a, a Greyhound bus. The, the bus couldn't make it to Port Washington. My sister picked me up halfway. Uh, there was a little bus stop halfway to Port Washington. That's, that's as far as the Greyhound would go. And she was a year older. She had her her learner's permit. She was able to come out <laughs> in the snowstorm, pick me up at this little station, uh, bus station, halfway to Port Washington. And so getting home was a lot harder than getting there. So, <laughs> yeah. Again, Hallmark yeah. Channel. Yeah, that's like, just unbelievable. Yeah, that, just that imagine, stuff sticks with you. <laughs> I can imagine your sister in a, like a big shiny station wagon. Yeah, I'm, I'm not even wheel. sure she was supposed to be driving by yeah. herself yet. In but the she, snow. But she had cold. no choice. Yeah. yeah. She's probably in a dress. Yeah, you know, exactly. Picking you up. And My brother's in a snow, uh, a, a, a snow pile along the road. I got to pick yeah, him up. Yeah, he's he's got to be here somewhere. <laughs> you got to find him. Yeah. So that was interesting. But uh, yeah, there's been a few interesting times along the way here to the Super Bowl. Uh, I don't know if you want me well, to. Well, no, but I, my thought is okay, so now you're in college now. 
you know, how is that learning process for you? Are you getting like, are you getting better? Is that are you at the yeah, school that pay was, for your shooting a lot? Yeah, that was an interesting time in Madison, Wisconsin. That was during the during the Vietnam War, and it was Kent State. Madison had a similar kind of situation. So uh, I was stringing for the AP there in, in Madison. Uh, they didn't have a staffer in Madison, so I was stringing for them and uh, uh, did, did that. You know, put the put the print on the on the roller and send it out and. Uh, and on weekends, I would go help my dad at Packer games, um, and uh, and then for that was two years in, in Wisconsin at Madison. I would do that, working for the AP stringing, and then uh, I d- didn't really work for the for the stu- school newspaper because I really didn't have time. But <laughs> I was, you know, shooting so much. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. So. Um, was yeah. the, what was the degree in, or what did you try to? Was it, I got a degree in business administration. Smart man. Well, my my grandparents, my my grandfather and my dad were owned this variety store, right. so it kind of yeah. I mean, you could use that forever. Use it forever. Is yeah. You you got to be smart about that stuff. Right. You can't think. And as it turned out, photojournalism probably wasn't the best thing to be. At that time, it was a it was a big deal. A lot of newspaper jobs, um, everything else, but not anymore, of course. Right. But, so yeah, be smart. Uh, take finance because that's important, um, and uh, worked out worked out okay. Yeah. So, how do you get your job then at the Journal? I mean, you're you're in school. Are you applying? Are you looking? Yeah, for I one? applied for a summer internship there, uh, and they and they had two summer internships and. Um, after I, I got accepted to that, they asked me to stay on working weekends as an intern. So I, I, I transferred to the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee and did my last two years at the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee, working weekends as an intern and summers as an intern there, um, uh, more rest of the week. And, uh, and after graduating uh, college, started work the next day working for the Milwaukee Journal. Did... What did that book look like? What did your book like look like back then? What was it? Was it very heavily photojournalism? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was photojournalism. Uh, Portraits, you know, wild art, spot news. You know, demonstrators getting hit over the head by police at on on Bascom Hill, University of Wisconsin, that kind of stuff. Um, a lot of mostly sports. Was yeah. the Vietnam War in the front of your head? Were you thinking, you know, I can get my number? Yeah. Yeah, I I had to you know go in the draft, and uh, luckily, I had got a high number three twelve, which kept me out. It's it's amazing you know you, you still know your number. Yeah, fifty six Super Bowls three twelve was a draft. <laughs> <laughs> but those are the important numbers, right? Yeah, I mean, but <laughs> no. but, it, but that was something very um, oh yeah important it, back that then was important. for young men to have that. You know, yeah. What's my number? What, yeah. What's the next one coming up? Right. Stay in school. Stay in school. You know, yeah. I don't want to go and f- go to Asia and fight in a war. Right, right. So that was something you had to worry about, but your number was high. So you were thinking, okay, I, I can make a career. Yep, can make a career of this. Um, and then... Um, now, why, why journalism and not did you decide commercial work or portraiture or a magazine? Was, why newspaper? I just really like newspapers. Okay. I've, I've, I still subscribe to six newspapers, and get 
every day read six newspapers. God love you. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's too bad that they're not printed anymore. Right. You're, are you reading on your iPad you're or something? You're reading on the iPad yeah. because you don't want them piling up if you're away for the day and in front of you, at your front do door. Do you miss the ink on the fingers, yeah, though? Yeah, I do. Isn't I that do. funny? I do, too. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't mind if I ended up with a little smudge on my shirt. It kind of felt like I achieved something in the yeah. morning. Oh, yeah. I mean, that was, the, that was the best time of my life working for a newspaper. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that, you know, the, the photographers gathering in the dark room with the chemical trays, um, BSing, learning stuff. Watching trading, how people develop. Trading and, knowledge. Right. This guy, this guy burns in his corners. Maybe I'll try that. You know, um, darkens the corners. Um, little stuff like that. It was just. Every, every photography department had a guy who was unbelievable in the dark room. He might have been an average photographer, but when you got him in the dark room, he was a master. Yeah. Yeah. He could dodge and burn and make something just come a life of a, of a very gray negative. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. And he wasn't necessarily the best photographer. Either. Right, isn't that funny? But his pictures showed up the best and probably ran on the front page more than anybody's. Right, and he understood how the press worked. Yeah. So his photos would pop on the press because he would know the guy on Tuesdays a little heavy with the ink. So yeah, he would yeah. go too dark. It was, <laughs> it was real. I remember when I was with the register, it was... Very much like that. Certain days, whoever was running the press, you know, it was on yeah, and off. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So, was that just that was just a huge growth period for you at the Journal? Yeah, that was. I mean, I I covered mostly sports, so that part of it wasn't anything that new. Uh, but were I you was, being exposed to any new sports that maybe you hadn't shot, like in high yeah. school or college? Yeah, that's true. We did that. Um, yeah. I'd say there was some of that, but I always found sports and news photography were almost the the best sports photographers were the best news photographers because you're looking for that one moment mm -hmm. in both of those. So, um, and probably by doing that much sports and news, I lacked my development in portraiture and this and that, but that's kind of how I, those are the things I wanted to cover. So I was happy that they gave me those things. Okay. When yeah. did you become on staff there? Uh, the day after I left uh, college. Uh, they put me on staff. Wow. Yeah, I worked there 12 years. The last five as um, assistant manager of the department, handing out assignments when you can really find out who your friends are. <laughs> <laughs> you, yeah. Who's in the dark room going, ah, oh, that's yeah, that I worked till five and he's giving me a three o'clock assignment. Yeah. How can that be? That damn beaver. Yeah. So. Damn it, beaver. Did you know that's a four-hour assignment? I mean, yeah. you know, I got but it. you've only had two today. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. but I know. But I, I usually <laughs> cruise towards home about four o'clock. So. <laughs> uh, was, that, was, was that moment then, working in the journal, like your huge explosion? Like, just for you talent-wise, like all of a sudden you're just taking yeah. in everything? Yeah, I think that's when I learned, learned, learned a lot. Learned photography? Learned everything. Yeah. You know, I, I knew how to shoot football before then. Um I knew how to shoot demonstrators getting hit over the head by by cops on at Wisconsin during the riots. That must have really stuck with you seeing that. <laughs> yeah, I know. I keep saying that. Yeah, don't yeah. I? yeah. Was that was that surreal? That what, what, yeah. being there in, it, in, in it a was, riot. It, it was because yeah, uh, I remember getting chased back to my dorm, <laughs> and uh, I remember rocks being thrown and uh, like a plate glass breaking right next to me but and th this is both demonstrators and police are all right it was chaos because sure. they didn't they didn't know who was who you right. know the demonstrators thought i was uh shooting for the cops the cops <laughs> thought i was a demonstrator so it's like 
everybody's anybody with a camera was was uh, was guilty. Right. You're, so. I'm just John Beaver. I'm just, yeah. doing, <laughs> I'm just doing a job. I don't here. want to go to Vietnam. That's all I know. Yeah. Right. <laughs> just three twelve. Leave me alone. <laughs> yeah. I should have had that on my on my right. on my chest. Three. I'm three twelve. So I'm your fedora. <laughs> yeah. Three twelve. Yeah. Yeah. So. I mean, did you start shooting baseball, golf, uh, whatever the paper was offering, and you were just devouring it? Yeah, I wasn't the only sports photographer right. there. It, it had a pretty good history. It, the Milwaukee Journal had a really a, kind of a rich history. They'd uh, sent photographers to Sports Illustrated, to National Geographic. Uh, they had a rich history. So that's why, was, why do you think that is? What was there something in the water that you guys were good? Like what? <laughs> but I mean, was like the director? They saw talent, like. I don't know. It was, it was, uh, you know, good you, photo play. You come in there, good photo play, picture pages. So your eyes light up when I said picture that. pages. Yeah, yeah. That's still there. That means something. Oh yeah, you know. Um, you hate to say it. You don't want to make it sound like it. Like a, a bigger the picture runs, the better you feel. You get paid the same and all. Blah blah blah. You get the next assignment. It's still a good assignment next the next day. But just the appreciation shown for a one year one year. And I still remember the first time a front-page picture ran in the Milwaukee Journal that I had shot. Uh, I think it was of a uh, we had a we had a summer festival in Milwaukee called Summerfest. They still have it, and it was a you know back then you could uh, the, uh, the the newspaper could go anywhere and shoot shoot rock concerts, or, you know. Right. Rolling Stones are there. You can walk on stage and shoot them. <laughs> you know, it's like I, f- I forget what the picture was even of, but uh, it was a front page. It was in a, a a news box. I wasn't expecting it on the front page, and you, you, I was driving along, and boom, there's my picture in this news box on the front page, and that really really stuck. So uh, those little things really have a big impact on your career. Isn't it amazing, like that box, like when you saw that that newspaper on that box, and it was your photo, and it went across. It was like oh. Yes. Yeah. I made one. Yeah. I got one. It's like feeding the addiction to like yeah. go out, put in the extra effort, more time, make a better one. Bringing the bringing the truth to the people. I mean, that's what we're doing. Yeah. That box. I just loved seeing my picture in that I know. box. I, so I miss those boxes now. <laughs> As I miss the newspapers now in printed form. Right. How was the staff? How big was the staff? We had 29 people. Jeez. Yeah. 29 yeah. people. Yeah. And now it's now it's 3, maybe 2, I have to check. But <laughs> yeah, it, it was a big staff and we were good too. I mean, we were good. It was a it was a good productive staff. Um and like I say, we we uh got good play. We we serviced both the morning and the afternoon paper. We were So you had a bulldog. Yeah, yeah. It was the Milwaukee Sentinel. Was the morning paper. The Milwaukee Journal was the afternoon. Oh, okay. So we had split. a combined photo staff that did work for both. We were in the production department. It was a little awkward, but um, we, uh, you know, they would and the nomadic tube. Here comes this assignment. <laughs> <laughs> I love that nomadic was the tubes. Best. <laughs> yeah. Yep. There it is. Yep. Bing. And, <laughs> and if you got a bad picture, you can put it down through it. And, oh, I, it must. The top must have been off. That happens. <laughs> Check the bottom of the of the building. Yeah, there's 400 <laughs> bad <laughs> prints down there. Yeah. yeah, somebody's going. Someone tell the photo department how to put the damn top on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, was 
was the creative juices bantering back and forth between everybody? I do this, you do that. Oh, you're really good at that. How did we do this? Yeah, there it was. It uh, when you first start out there, you're you're amazed at how how talented everybody is, uh, how how they share their knowledge, um, and it's just a good time, a good time ahead by all. At at the end of the day, you go down and get a beer at the corner corner tap, and um, you know it's. It was just a really good time. Now, this is early 70s. How's the technology and gear starting to change? For yeah, you? 73, I started full-time at the Milwaukee Journal. Right. Um, so did you see a difference from that 135 single shot? Like, is, is gear yeah. getting better? Yeah, they, they supplied gear. Um, I had a motor drive and so on. So <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was that, three frames a second? Yeah, I think probably so. Yeah. Probably so. But, you know, when I was starting to cover... <laughs> Milwaukee Brewer games um, at night. I'll, always work night shift, three to midnight. When you're starting out there, that that's your shift. That's it. Yeah, which was good because that's when the good sports was. Right. So the Bucks, right? Yeah, Lou Alcindor. Lou Alcindor was just there a couple of years. Um, the, the, the Big Bre- O, right? Did you? Have- yeah, the yep. Big O was there, and the Brewers. that went to the World Series in uh, what eighty two. That's and, right. Yeah, but they. So we used to cover. Funny, we used to cover night games, Milwaukee <laughs> County Stadium, and we had to send the fil- one roll of film back, not more than one roll, because because the, the guy had to process it back in the lab. <laughs> After the third inning, we'd run to Gate X. That was the media gate, and uh, hand it to a cab driver who had been sent out to pick up our one roll of film. And you know, three innings, you're not gonna probably not gonna get much, right? So you always shoot the pitcher, mm-hmm. and. Um, the, the top hitter on the team, even if he wasn't didn't have anything that that game, and uh, you know everything else was just hoping, hoping. So they ran a lot of picture pictures that that first edition, I mean, and, they, 30, and then you'd supply later on right. for a later edition. Thirty six exposures in three innings. That's not. I mean, that's ridiculous. Yeah. No. So that may have been why I wasn't shooting much film later on. I, I was always. Uh, you know, counting my counting my images. So. Was the film itself getting ba- uh, better? Or like, was the quality of the film? Was yeah, it was at the newspaper. Triax film can't okay. be can't be Triax, and um, you know the the develop. I think the developer was getting better more than anything. Okay, yeah. right. Well, what you were actually Ac- Acufine for night games, you know. Yeah, well, it's funny how those things still stick with you. <laughs> <laughs> what, what was? Was your process when you come back to look at the film the next day, like what you shot in those first three innings? Because you wouldn't know. You're not developing no, it. No, you're, you're not developing hoping it. to God that they pick the right one or you, your vertical, horizontal fit. Yeah, yeah. Did you go back and look at it and say, oh. Yeah, it was, it was hanging up when he went back because you'd, you'd go back after the game, process your film for the, for the next day's afternoon paper or the late edition of the morning paper. And... Um, you know, you, you always had better stuff because you had more time. And so there was your role, you know, notched, three frames notched, then notched the right ones. Uh, yeah, two picture pictures on a batter picture. <laughs> <laughs> there it was. There it was. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. When did you start to feel like you were coming into your own during the journal when you were there? Like you were starting to be like, I can handle every one of these assignments. I'm getting better. Yeah, I, th- I think partway through that, um, uh, late seventies. Yeah, late seventies, probably is a good, more than anything. Um, I started. I think I was doing. You know, uh, well, 
they sent me some some big assignments for a, a new kid, 1973, assignment of spring training uh, to shoot the Brewers in spring training. And a lot of the older guys probably were upset by that, although they didn't say, say it. That, that was a pretty plum assignment. Coming from Wisconsin to Sun City, Arizona, um, my first year there, they sent me out and um, sent me to the 1977 Marquette winning the National Championship college basketball game in Atlanta. Uh, so there were some, some key sports moments that they, that they trusted me with, which is added to your confidence. Right. You know, I, I guess I'm okay. They're sending me some big assignments. Um, so that all added up. And then, uh, yeah, I'd say by, you know, late 70s, I was pretty confident of it. You're feeling good. Feeling good about it, yeah. And even during that time, you know, I should say, when I'm shooting for the Milwaukee Journal, a lot of times I wasn't even working weekends. I was a lot of times uh, off weekends. I'd go f- with my dad, shoot for the Packers, or shoot Packer games, freelance it for NFL properties, which was, you know, the, the league had a, a marketing on spec, you'd, you'd send slides in. Right. And they could see if they could sell them for you. Um, so there was that was adding up, too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when did you start dabbling with color slide film? Because that sounds so easy to say, but that was so dangerous. Like, if you missed your exposure, it's gone back then. Yeah. There was no, like, bringing it back. Well, that, that, I think that taught you. Taught you to have a, your exposure that correct. meter. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you had to be within a half stop, quarter stop of the right exposure. Um, so all that stuff really was was good training. Um, the Milwaukee Journal started running some color photos. Uh, I, me- I remember we, we did the, uh, by this time I was, well, in 1980, uh, I left to be, uh, to work with in the management there at the Journal Photo Department. And I remember the 82 World Series, we used to uh, charter a plane every game, every away game in St. Louis that played the Cardinals and it was an afternoon paper. So we, we, we chartered down every afternoon about five of us, five photographers, uh, shoot the game in St. Louis, fly back, process the color film and have it ready for that afternoon's paper. And we probably did that. What? Four times that the, uh, games were in, uh, in St. Louis. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. It it was an exciting time. And for those people understand the brewers used to be in the American league. Right, exactly. <laughs> They're trying to figure out, wait a minute. Like, yeah, exactly. They're in the same division. <laughs> <laughs> that is unbelievable, that kind of amount of like effort to do that. To, like, we're all getting in the plane, and we're all yeah. flying down, and we're yeah. bringing our film back. Yeah, and the expense, but <sighs> they were selling some ads, so I think they made up for it. But that, was, that. A, that was a big deal. Sports in Wisconsin was a big deal. Right, so. and it was the only game in town. They hadn't been in the World Series. Right. So that was huge. Yep. Especially yeah. they hadn't been they hadn't been in the World Series as the Milwaukee Brewers, right? I think they had been in as the Braves. Milwaukee Braves in fifty seven yeah, and fifty eight. But, but that was a whole a different other team. Ago. That yeah, had, they right. had moved back then. So. Nineteen seventy they they bought the Seattle Pilots, became the Milwaukee Brewers. Yeah. Right. Wow. Yeah. So what was your thought press going into management, leaving that staff position and moving up? When yeah, I I got tired of shooting the same sports, I guess, oddly enough, because I later on in life I Shot the same sports again. <laughs> but, you know, th- this job was offered. It, I, thought, I thought it might be a nice new challenge, seeing if we can, you know, shape this place up, although it was pretty good condition at that time anyway. But you didn't realize it. 
Right, you know, you're always kind of like, we gotta make this place better. Well, yeah, you can always make it better. Yeah. Just, just like your your pictures, you can always make them better. But um, so yeah, so this uh, position opened up, um, and I applied for it and got it. And um, like I said earlier, you find out who your friends are in a hurry. <laughs> <laughs> what were you? Did you ever think like, ooh, maybe I'll go to the New York Times, Daily News, LA Times? Were you ever willing to leave Milwaukee for another newspaper job? No. No, I, I really never thought I'd do that. You really that. just had those roots. I had those roots there. I, I enjoyed working for this paper. And uh, um, and also, you know, as a side benefit of working this, you, you work Monday through Friday, 8 to 5. Left me Saturday and Sunday off. You were home for dinner. You had the weekends. And I can go freelance eventually for Sports Illustrated Saturday and Sunday. So uh, that worked out pretty well, too. So... Um, there's not too many people in the managerial position that are still shooting. And oh, by the way, I could freelance for SI. Normally, when you go to the the managerial side, you're done. Your career is kind of done as a photographer. Yeah, and that's kind of why I left Milwaukee. Uh, as much as I enjoyed it there, um, I didn't want to be stuck behind the desk the rest of my life. And I was noticing things too that really were disturbing to me. Like some of some some of the older photographers were. I was recognizing they were kind of jealous of this new talent that was coming in. I didn't want to be a, got to be a grumpy old manager. So, right. Um, yeah. So, and that's always hard, right? When you got new blood coming in and you got older guys who are in their late 40s, yeah, it's, 50s, it's 60s. very difficult. And I can see both sides of it now that, you know, they're threatened by this because these, these guys will work, these new kids will work 20, 20 hours a day. And, they you got know, ideas and fresh. They're not married. Thought. They don't have kids. They don't have to get home. You know all that stuff. So it's 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 a difficult thing. Um, but yeah, so that was uh, so, sitting there. You were thinking about yeah. That? It's all somewhere in the back of your mind because you're 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 still relatively young mm-hmm. at this time. Man, it's not like you're pushing sixty. You're in your early thirties. I was thirty five when I left the drive. Yeah, yeah. And that that's really young in the photo industry. Yeah. Yeah, that day after school, you got a job. So yeah. it was 13 years. So who are you contacting at that moment in the uh, SI? You know, I was like, starting, I, I was. Want to dance? Want to play? Yeah. <laughs> That's all real interesting too, because uh, like, how do you, how do you get in there? Right. Uh, I was starting to make friends with some of the photographers there. I'd see them at Packer games or other game Super Bowls, for instance. And now, uh, with the late seventies, early eighties, that's kind of dry for the Packers. They're not. Yeah, very they good. they weren't very good. So you don't have people coming in to Green Bay to no. shoot Green Bay. No, not at that point. They but might I, be coming in to do a Bears game on on you know sweetness, right? But right. they're certainly not shooting. I don't even know who the quarterback was in '79. Oh, uh, I don't think they knew who the quarterback was. <laughs> I think it was Randy Dean or uh, oh, that's a yeah Randy oh. Wright or some some Randy yeah. But uh, so rubbing elbows with people. No, but I had no, I had known some of these SI photographers back when the Packers were still good. Um, my dad was friends with a lot of them, and so the association they made, um, um, I you know kind of knew them a little bit. Um, whenever I'd see them again, it's, eventually I I said I think I asked one of them. So how do you get to be a sports photographer? <laughs> and they didn't want to tell you, of course. Though. Right. <laughs> well, you have to go in and show your show your your portfolio to the picture editor. I don't have a portfolio. Well, take your clips in, see if that'll work. 
okay, I'll go look for some clips. So I dug up some old clips from the Milwaukee Journal. Uh, some of the pictures I had shot while working with my dad um, were okay too, but they weren't published yet. They were maybe in the NFL Properties Archive. Mm-hmm. So the next, fra- the next frame of the, the best one, I put it in my portfolio and went to New York in, um, I don't know, 80, 85, I guess it was. I left the Milwaukee Journal full-time in uh, 86, so I think I may have made my first uh, trip to New York in 85, 84, 85, somewhere in there. Just introduce yourself? Introduce myself. You know, of course, they say, just leave your portfolio, we'll look through it. Did you even call ahead and say, hi, I'm John Beaver, love to meet? Yeah, you always do that, yeah. and, they, and they go, <laughs> get so, in line, kid. So? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> get in line is right. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, so Barbara Hankel was the picture editor at that time. And um, yeah, leave your stuff. We'll, we'll take a look at it and we'll let you know. And so shortly after, they called back and said, you know, you got a terrible portfolio because you got it's all disorganized, but you got some great photos. We'd like to send you, an assi- send you to an assignment. So I did. My first assignment might have been a college game in Iowa. I think it was, was a Penn State-Iowa game or one of my other first ones was in Notre Dame. Uh, Marcus Allen was playing for USC at the time, and, and he was he was playing uh, Notre Dame in, in South Bend. So I think those might have been some of the first assignments I did for him. Now, did they kind of explain things to you? Because you know, like at the Journal, you're covering, let's say you're covering Marquette. You're, you're covering Marquette. You don't care about the other team, whether it's Xavier or whoever the hell it is. So you're trying to make a story and tell the story for the newspaper. Right. But for SI, you might be covering only Marcus One Allen. guy. And you don't care about anything else. You're following him on the bench, yeah. coming into the stadium, whatever Yeah, they, they did do some of that. Okay. Yeah. So they kind yeah. of walked you through the process. Like, yeah, oddly enough, to, speaking about, about covering things differently, <laughs> I remember doing the Marquette National Championship game in Atlanta. They, 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 uh, they beat North Carolina at Al McGuire's last game. They won the National Championship. I was down there covering it for the Milwaukee Journal. Just me, shooting black and white in color. <laughs> I had to do a, a black and white picture page, color front page of the of the front page, and the um, sports section, black and white in color. So one camera had black and white, one had color. <laughs> yeah, no, one photographer. Now you, they'd send you know as many credentials as they can get. Right. So and you would have cameras hanging everywhere. Yeah, remote cameras. You yeah. Know, no remotes for me. I was just said back then you had to make sure this is color. Don't screw it up. Yeah. And this one's black and white. This is color white. exposure, and this is black and white exposure. So. Oh my goodness. Yeah. It was funny how how it how it was different. Yeah. So it was a different style for sure when you're shooting one guy or uh, one side and everything else, but. It wasn't that hard to transition, actually. Um, it seems it would kind of be... A, I mean, when I remember when I started, it was kind of easy. Like, oh, I only have to shoot Marcus Allen? Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. But don't miss him when he but, scores the winning touchdown. But that's the thing. <laughs> There's no excuses because right. you only shoot one guy. Right. That's good training. Yeah. You know? So Was... Were those first couple of years, you know, freelancing and getting those SSI assignments, were they thin? Or were you getting a lot? Were they like, boy, we really like your stuff. We're going to feed you a lot. It, it, it's gradual. Nobody comes in there and barnstorms through. Uh, it might have taken, well, I think I got my first cover there in the next year in Dallas, a, a Bears-Cowboys game. Um, uh, that was the, you know, your first cover at SI is always a big deal. Sure. Yeah. 
So um, after that, it started getting better and better. Were so. there any fears or worry? Like, oh, my God, I'm not going to find enough freelance work. I got bills to pay. Yeah. I, I got to buy camera gear now, right? Uh, yeah, exactly. A little of that. Although I was still making some money from that ice bowl sneak picture. <laughs> so there was some of that, as well as other Packer pictures I was shooting uh, during Packer games with my dad. So there was some income coming in there. So okay. I wasn't married yet, so that didn't, you know, you, have, you, didn't, you didn't have a family yet. You're, you didn't have to buy a laptop or no, software. we didn't you have laptops. Buy a computer. Oh, so, what, <laughs> so what camera gear did you buy? Like, there's a difference now you're shooting with a journal. And now you're freelancing, and you got to go out and buy all that gear and stay yeah. relevant. Yeah, I think it was probably the same gear. Uh, although I think some of it might have been my my dad's hand-me-downs, which, you know, it's a real advantage having having a, a parent that has pro equipment. Right. And for a lot of people breaking in, that's the one thing that keeps you out is the cost and the expense of buying camera equipment. Yeah. And so uh, I think I was borrowing a lot of his stuff at that point. Were you using... Well, in those early 80s, was it a 300-2.8 or 300-3.5? What was starting to become your long lenses? Yeah, I think it was probably a 300-2.8, although a 400-3.5 back then. There weren't 2.8s yet. Um, and then when I got my 6, it was like my eyes opened up. This is this is for me. This is my favorite lens now. And um, that that's kind of, that, that kind of, that was it. Why? Why? What was that love affair? Because well, it separated everything from the background, and you could really f focus in on what you were trying to say. You want, you could see the faces, uh, and if you could focus it, and I always, I guess I had some talent to follow focus, um, that separated you from a lot of people. And it was, there was a unique, unique style to a long lens picture that a wide, a wider picture. And, you know, there's a, there's a place for a wider picture, a setting. For a wider picture, so if you can get one of each, you're doing you're doing okay. But um, on a, on a situation, but um, no, the the 600 became my became my baby. So right, I mean you were just wonderful with it. Thanks, but I got used to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it can beat you up in the beginning, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. So freelance is going. You got your worries, but it's going well. How does it come about then in 1988 does SI offer you a contract to say like, hey, we want you in the, in the team? Yeah, I guess I was doing okay because, you know, back then you're sending in your film, uh, you're rushing to the airport after shooting a game, <laughs> trying to convince the person at the, uh, at, the, at, the, at the desk at the airport that they can take this package, it's not going to blow up. <laughs> I'm and, not crazy. Yeah. Please get it to the You York. have to send it in, otherwise there's going to be a big hole in this national magazine next week. Uh, where a picture is supposed to be, <laughs> and uh, so that at, after you send it in a, that night, say either Saturday for college or Sunday for a pro game, Monday morning, you waited for the phone to ring, and if the phone rang, you did okay. If it didn't ring, you didn't do okay. And luckily, the phone rang enough enough that it worked out okay. So when they offer you that contract, are you ecstatic? You feel like you're, whew, yeah, I made it again. That was a big deal. I'm in this club. Yeah, that was a big deal. Because you know every every I think every sports photographer aspires to work for Sports Illustrated at some point or used to work, yeah, used to. Yeah, uh, your, your name now is in that group. It's in that list in the table of contracts. Yeah, and I got in, the tail end of the golden years. I mean, the, I, I say tail end because before I started working there in the mid '80s, 
uh, in the 70s, uh, like, they were spending a lot more money. They, they were chartering planes for everything. Um, you know, first-class air, airfare everywhere. Um, they were starting to pull in a little bit here, but it was certainly not bad. Right. We still got around okay. So. Yeah, you did okay. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't 1975, but it yeah. certainly wasn't, you know, 2015. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> when, when you're shooting now for SI on staff, are you approaching things differently? Are you... Because I would equate your style to very much, you can tell you were a newspaper journalist. You're very much of a photojournalist kind of style. Were you aware of that? Like you're not looking like Andy Hates photos or Richard Maxson, like you had a newspaper background? I think, I think it's more subconscious than anything. I don't think you're consciously thinking of that, but uh, I've been told that that's the case. And... I'm happy with that. Oh, I it's mean, beautiful. Yeah, photojournalism is to me is is the is it. So, um, I think you're right. The newspaper background really helped in that regard. Right. I mean, uh, Bill Frakes had it. Who else on staff was with Damien Stromar? Damien, right? Yeah. Yeah, and you could see it in the way that you guys presented your photos. It very much was storytelling. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't always like hard hitting. Just you know, two guys colliding in a helmet flying. Right. Although I take that picture. Oh, sure. (laughs) In the package. (laughs) Somewhere in the back. Yeah. Yeah. Where in those in those eighties, when were you doing stuff like the Masters or the Olympics, your first Olympics where you were just like, I can't believe I'm here. Yeah, I know. Well, the Masters is interesting because I got a call Saturday morning, um, uh, John Iacona's father had passed away. He had to leave. He was one of the photographers at the Masters for the magazine. He had been there for quite a while. And we, we need a photographer there. Can you go? It's the Saturday morning of the Masters. It's like, yeah, I can go. Okay, you, you go here, you go there. You might want to go to this party that Nikon throws on Saturday night for photographers. You can learn some stuff there where some of the best positions might be. <laughs> so fly to Atlanta. From Milwaukee, it's not always the easiest thing. Get there in time for the party. Uh, start talking to people, asking questions, finding out where the best spots might be, and uh, start shooting Sunday morning. And luckily, I had the opener that that week. Uh, somebody suggested follow the leader up the 18th fairway. They don't always make it past the, past the sand trap. And Sandy Lyle won that year, and he didn't make it past fan, the sand trap. And I was stationed at the stand, sand trap and shot the picture. And that was the opener that week. So, yeah. So it was. Um, each of these events is a unique way of of getting to it, I guess. And then after you, you know, do a few. I did twenty four Masters total um, and Olympics. They figured if I came from Wisconsin, I probably knew how to how to do Winter Olympics. <laughs> <laughs> That's your first one. Yeah. Throw you in the snow. My my first one was Albertville, France, and. Um, I hated cold weather photography. Uh, I did, had never shot any of these sports before. I didn't tell them that. Uh, well, yeah, who does shoot you know, the yeah, luge? Right. right. I, I never did a downhill. Downhill skiing. Never did a downhill race in my life. Never did that. Shot a little hockey, but they had other people doing hockey. So, uh, yeah, that, <laughs> that was a real education. But uh, you just learn as you go. You just watch other people where they're going. You learn to buy a pair of crampon spikes. <laughs> Climb up the hill halfway, look where all the other photographers are located, and stand there and try try it. So. Hold on for dear life and make some pictures. Yeah. yeah. And, you're, and now, 
full on color. There's no black and white in SI at that time, unless you're Lynn Johnson doing a story, right? right. Just all color. Right. Everything's being sent to you. You're, you're totally getting taken care of. You're producing unbelievable images. Is there first three or four years when you're on contract, are you just going, I can't believe it? I can't believe I'm shooting for SI? I think all that time you are. But you can't really think that way because even though you're on contract, you screw up enough. You're you, off contract. You're off contract or you're not being called anymore. They'll pay you to the rest of the contract and then somebody else will come in. But, uh, yeah, no, I mean, I think I think I was confident enough. I felt I knew what I was doing enough that um, – I was comfortable there. I, I was very, I was, it was a happy time for me. I knew, I love sports. I love sports photography. This was the best job that I could think of for that, for those two things. What's, what's wrong with that? So, so your first Super Bowl with them would have been on staff as 88. So maybe 89. Would that have been like Cincinnati? 49ers? Yeah, 20. I did 20 through 50 for them. So okay. 20 was uh, Patriots. Bears in New Orleans. Oh, that was a beating. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so at any point in that Super Bowl, is there any discussion of a streak that, wow, you've done 20? No, no. Like, so, you know, oh, you've done 20. Oh, you've done 20. The, the streak was a big deal with my dad because he and I had done them all. He, he and I did the first 35 together. And, like, why is your dad doing that? He's doing he's... it for NFL properties. Okay, he's so getting he's... his credential for NFL properties. Okay. After the Packers were their first two. <laughs> they went on a dry spell. Yeah, we didn't do any for a while there uh, and with the Packers. But um, he got a credential from NFL properties because Dave Boss, who was a saint and to a lot of photographers, uh Freelance photographers. My dad was freelancing this time as well as shooting for the Packers. Uh, when the Packers were bad, he, he would, you know, do, do games other than Packer games. For the good thing is location. Your dad was in a great location. He was in a great location, yeah. He could he can go real Chicago, quick. Chicago, Detroit, Minneapolis, uh, St. Louis, when they had a team still, uh, Cincinnati. They were, they were all close. Right, he can get to Cleveland. Cleveland. He could bounce around. 64 championship game in Cleveland he did. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that, and you're in that location too. So it's it's a good sports location. Yeah, if you don't mind, um, you know, snowstorms <laughs> on winter mornings and missing your six a.m. flight. But <laughs> uh, yeah, oh. no. So there, there's that. But he and I did the first thirty-five together, um, and it was always a big deal for him. You got to keep doing these. You got to keep the streak going. So, Why is that? Why do you think that was for him? I don't know. Maybe vicariously, you know. But uh, after he wasn't able to get around that much anymore, he said, you got to keep doing this. So I kept doing it. But then, you know, there's Tony and Mickey. And like, so like, are you realizing, you know, by 20, there could have been, I don't know, 40 of you that are still in this, doing this? Like, when did it start to become a numbers game? Well, the NFL would throw a party for the, the, the media who had been to, every five years, uh, the media had been to all of them. There was okay. this club, Super Bowl club, 25, 30, 35, 40. Uh, forty-five, fifty. After fifty, they stopped doing it because only three of us left. But <laughs> right, I know that's that's yeah. so weird. Like, yeah. at, let's say at thirty, how many do you think there were? Uh, it's probably a, a photographer. photographers. I don't give a rats about the writers. Come on, <laughs> <laughs> it's easy for them. They're sitting in a suite. I know exactly. <laughs> You're well, down there freezing your butt off. Yeah, exactly. Um, twenty, twenty maybe. See, that's still a big number. Yeah. 
right? Yeah. So when did you start to look around at like 35, 40, and you're like... 40, there were five of us left. Wow, see, okay, so what about 35? That five-year difference of the yeah. game. At 35, was there 10 or 8? Maybe 10. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, guys, depending on age, yeah. and then the credentials, the availability. Yeah. Right? They just All that. Starts yeah. to fade. Yeah. Yeah. You know, oh, uh, you know, Andy's not doing it, or Walter's not doing it, or, but they did. But, uh, you know, people, Neil's stopping. Like, so yeah. People start know, to fade off. A lot of them still, still did it, but they didn't make the third, or they didn't make the fourth. Right. The third was an interesting story. Um, <laughs> I wasn't going to do the third. Um, That's the first "quote unquote" Super Bowl. First, yeah, the one that everyone remembers it. Joe Namath, uh, Miami. Correct. I, I had no Beautiful. credential. My dad didn't even try to get me a credential. Here's here's this, you know, eighteen year old kid. How does he deserve a credential? He's dodging the war. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's his number? Three <laughs> twelve. So he goes down to down to Miami. Uh, sees he sees Steve Sable, who was a family friend and a friend of his, and said, "Where's John?" And he said, I "Couldn't didn't get him a pass." And it's like send him down. I have a pass for him. So there's this announcement made at Paul Washington High School uh, on the PA system. Well, John Beaver, please come to the office. This is Friday afternoon of the of that week. Uh, I thought, oh, what I do, you know, steal steal an apple out of somebody's locker, <laughs> come to the office, and they said, uh, you know, uh, get your stuff. You're you're going to the airport. Uh, this neighbor's taking you to the airport. You're going to Miami for a Super Bowl. <laughs> the Hallmark. <Yeah. laughs> it's like, wow, what? <laughs> that's not like yeah. normal. Yeah, I know. So that was that kept the streak going. So I have to thank Steve Sable and NFL Films for keeping my streak going there. And then uh, by four New Orleans, I did that for NFL Films. They got me, they gave me a credential there also. I would shoot some of their photographers shooting the game, and I also do some action. And they may use it as a background on some of their stuff and uh, that kind of thing. But so I did about. Uh, probably three, four, five, and six Super Bowl for them. And by that time, I was able to get a credential for, through NFL Properties. And okay. I did the re- from maybe, you know, seven to, to through 19 for NFL Properties. Shoot the game on spec, go down with my dad, stay, stay in his, you know, stay with him. Um, and uh, we always go down Thursday and come back Monday because it was a four-night minimum. And being in Wisconsin people, you don't, you don't, you don't, if it's four night minimum, you have to pay for four nights. You go for four nights. Right. So uh, he he really enjoyed uh, being around press because he you know the rest of the week he's working at this variety store as manager. So he really enjoyed that. That was a big big thing for him to be in the press room there, see all the all the uh, all the other media and famous people um, that would pass through there, and it, it was a big occasion for him. And everybody liked him. I mean, was, he was like the most likable person. Um, so, um, yeah, so that's, that's how that worked. It, it's interesting, too. Like, you're in Wisconsin late January, February. Yeah, if you can go to Miami, you're going. Yeah. Like, I don't have, I'm not wearing galoshes. I'm out of here. Yeah. I'm going to go get a suntan. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's not such a bad thing. Not a bad deal. Not a bad deal. Yeah. So. What um, was, what, here, what, this, no one ever asked you this. What was the worst Super Bowl you shot? You personally, like your dog, of all well, the ones, like which one were you like, man, I sucked. Well, the one, they, you know, one thing is the one picture you missed. Right. 
Brett Favre running off the field with his helmet off after the after his first touchdown pass, Super Bowl yeah. 32, you know, uh, I was shooting it for SI, and I was blocked by the team. I was on the right side of the of the uh, the bench. He he was the bench blocked me. They all came out onto the field yeah. and yeah, cut your angle. And the editor thought I should have had the picture, and I had I had explained. But the thing about Super Bowl is, you know, there isn't a game next week, so it's like a wedding. Yeah, it's like you have to wait till next year to prove yourself again. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, the ones you missed are the ones that we remember. Who got that shot? Doug Mills got it, and uh, Tom DePace got it. Okay. Yeah, and it's been a you know famous picture ever since. Right. He's he's so young and he's running around. Yeah. Getting his schoolgirl. Right. Right. What's the best Super Bowl photo you've taken? Doug Williams. That's it. Super Bowl twenty two in San Diego. Wow. Yeah. That's not a bad one to idolize that when I was a kid. <laughs> Still that on your wall? Why don't you? I, can I have it? <laughs> it's probably faded and corners yeah. are all bent up. Yeah. I just remember, and it has tape on it because I, like an idiot, I just taped everything. Oh, no. Well, he, yeah. What do you know yeah. as, a, as a kid? What do you know? Uh, I, I didn't think I was going to be sitting here with the photographer <laughs> years later and talking about it. No. All right, so which one's the second best one? Which one after that when you go, okay, after Doug, which one do I... Yeah, that's really hard. Agree. That's really hard to say. Because um, that one's just so like that, quintessential that one, beautiful. That one stuck in my mind because I had every everything I wanted in a picture. Um, Great colors too. Yeah, like it would, even though it's like one hundred film pushed one stop. So uh, that I think it added add, that added some color to it. I think that gave a little extra contrast, vibrancy to it. Because it's just in that San Diego shade. There's no sunlight, but there's right. still ambient light. Great colors. Denver colors back then were... Beautiful. I give you the exposure. 500 F2.8. Wow. 200 ASA. Early in the game. Yeah. Slide or neg? Slide. Yeah. Whoa. Probably, uh, probably Velvia. Velvia? Yeah. yeah. If we have Velvia then, yeah. I think we did. 88, yeah. Was that, I mean... Is that crazy to think? We talked about earlier, like the panning, your best pannings are the ones where you... Where Damn. he screwed up. Yeah, where the <laughs> dial just slides to 30th and you think you're at 500. Are there photos you wish you would have shot at 2,000th of a second that would have froze a little bit more so you don't have that film blur of 500th of a second, maybe more blades of grass frozen? Because now when we shoot, it's amazing how we can just yeah. pick up that ISO. Oh, yeah. And you're just like... Probably so. I mean, I, I can't specifically think of any any one but yeah it's i mean it was it was a compromise back then because we didn't have that kind of latitude back then yeah so. like what'd you shoot the sewer bowl what were your exposures in la a couple months ago uh probably 1600th at five six at four thousand asa <laughs> <laughs> and that four thousand asa is unbelievable yeah it's yeah. stunning you can't tell it's better than a 200 asa on the velvia yeah that's the quality is just beautiful. Yeah. Peter said the Super Bowl, the Denver Dallas Super Bowl in New Orleans, 76, 75, whenever that was, he said it was so dark in there. He goes, My photos weren't worth crap. They're just, it's just brutal. It was almost like spotlighting. It was green. We, we didn't have good film, but there was like that year. I mean, do you remember that where there were some of those games where it was oh, just like, yeah. this place is a dungeon? Yeah. They, you know, they, 
Technology they, just technology happened. just wasn't there. And for a magazine uh, with a good paper we had at SI, it's like you really had to have you couldn't have any grain or or any kind of noise at all. So they used to have us use three hundred F two F twos, which had a depth of field of less than an inch. So that's that separated the men from the boys. That that follow focusing that was I mean, if you got a sharp picture with that, it really stood out. But you didn't get a lot of sharp pictures of that. Right. And then we had a transition from film with you know, to negative film. Um I mean, these guys back in the seventies used to take 400 ASA film, push it two stops, and it would just be like awful. It was oh. all contrast. I remember the Superdome, the pictures from out of there, oh. the contrast was just horrible in there. And if the 20 more black, one tour wore white, as they often did, it was it was awful. Yeah, just kiss it goodbye. Yeah. So they started using negative film, which flattened it a little uh, and gave you some extra speed, but then they couldn't figure out how they're going to file negative film. You can't just put it in a, uh, in a sleeve. Right, you know, what, what you're going to do with with a bunch of uh, negative film? So yeah, throw um, that on the light board. Good chance. Yeah, <laughs> figure out what color that is. <laughs> so there was that problem, and then eventually we went to uh, digital. But they you know, as far as I could tell, they fought like crazy to uh, a digital card can't be anywhere near as good as a as a roll of film. Yeah. My God, <laughs> just take a look at it. It's so small. It's, it's small. So- it's flat. There's nothing there, <laughs> so they were late in getting into that. Right, but it was but digital was still pretty ugly. Those yeah. early years of digital. That's true. Oh. That's true. Yeah, I remember being next to Peter at an SI game and looking at him, going, "Oh, I feel bad for you." You know, he had no choice. They're being pushed on it, and it's just like you hear him over there going clunk, clunk, clunk. Yeah. I'm just like, oh man. Yeah, it was a fight. Yeah, it was a real fight. When did you start moving into autofocus? When did you? I was feel- late in getting in that because I was stubborn and I, I still had some talent at follow focusing. Um, so I was late getting into that, but I mean, eventually you get into it because <laughs> it saves a lot of people's careers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you can't fight it. It's it's just there. It's good. Uh, so I, I I was late getting into it, but I they said I didn't have to and they encouraged me to keep follow focusing because I was still sharp so <laughs> as long as long, yeah. as, as long as it still worked yeah keep doing they didn't what tell doing. you John we really recommend you uh, uh, no <laughs> they, they said keep doing what you're doing so I kept doing what I was doing did you feel like you were ever getting pegged into like okay you're the football guy or you're this like did you want to do more boxing or more hockey or any other sport no they were giving me a wide variety of sports actually you know you were getting spread around i was getting spread around that's good yeah it was good it was good it's that's also eye-opening because you don't realize boxing is like you know uh change change film have your assistant change film and five cameras between rounds and that kind of stuff it's like every little every sport had a kind of a different unique i don't know problems the word but you had to fight solutions, solutions. You had, you, there were problems and you yeah. had to have a solution for yeah. it yeah so i i enjoyed doing other sports i love i love doing golf i was a golfer myself not that great but you know tiger woods he was coming on and so i tiger woods michael jordan i was shooting during that time and I did a lot of Michael Jordan because he was in Chicago. He's an hour and a half drive from Milwaukee. So they saved money not sending someone else in. They, uh, I did okay there. And I did a lot of Michael Jordan games. How was it back then, the old, that old arena? Chicago Stadium. Yeah, yeah. That, was, that was 
I just did a few years there, and then they went uh, into United Center. The United after Center, that. which yeah. was glorious and yeah. beautiful, and yeah, yeah, because the old old arena had like still had the uh, keg barrel runs and rats the size of cats. Yeah, it was terrible. It's frightening. <laughs> yeah, Heinz Kuhlmeier. I don't know if you know that story about him uh, having it out with the uh, the production manager there. <laughs> You know, Heinz, yes. if uh, he needed to drop a cord, he'd drop a cord, you know, from the strobes. So he put it right down in front of the fans and <laughs> didn't didn't even put it in the back. And they, they stopped the game and called him out. And he had a st- it was a huge tussle. And they kicked him out. And <laughs> it was like, yeah, there was, there was issues at the old Chicago Stadium. <laughs> <laughs> what did you take to strobes, right? Because you're going into those buildings now. And did you have to dabble in some medium format, Hasselblad, two and a yeah, quarter? Yeah, all, all that stuff. How Luckily, did you take to that? I took it okay because I had Greg Nelson helping me. <laughs> did you have Greg early on? No, no. Phil Jackie was still our, okay, our, so our, still our number one uh, our number one guy back then. Uh, as far as tech, he and Luke Capazzolo were on staff as, as techs. So they would send those out. I remember the first game I did on Strobe was at Oklahoma. It was a college game. Phil came out, set up the... Set up the, the strobes in the uh, one in each corner, Speedatron 2400s, drop the cord. Here, here it's F56, have at it. You're like, okay. <laughs> okay, this isn't so bad, you know. So 5.6, that's better than 2.8. I can get a few sharp ones. No. Yeah. So he tells uh, you don't blow out the packs. <laughs> exactly. Take those three and a half seconds because you can't do it in the one. Right. So. Was that... Was that nice? Would you have the timing? I mean, that's a different kind of world now. Yeah. Bang. Wait, wait. Wait, yeah, you had to wait. you had to train yourself for that. Yeah, because it's that it's the curve. When is the peak action? You don't know if it's too soon, too late, and you don't want to miss it. Yeah, you probably ended up missing a few that and way. Then you're trying to get the juice. The quality was so much better back oh. then. Yeah, people. And it's weird to say this. People were still smoking though in the arenas, and that haze. The arenas were big, and you can make everything go dark and right. have this theater look. Right. Right. I would take that secondhand smoke problem any day of the week to have that beautiful like glow that was presented. I know. It really was an advantage. Yeah. It was so sweet. Yeah, as long as your strobes kept working. <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> I remember the Michael Jordan, the his last shot as a as a bull, uh Utah. With Utah, yes. Uh I had the cover on that, his last shot. And okay, fine, I got I got this picture of him shooting, nothing great. Driving back to the hotel after the game, um, the assistant said, you know, by the way, one of your four strobes didn't go off on that shot. I was like, what? You know, um, no, we don't know if it's going to be enough exposure there. Uh, They didn't tell me, of course, during the game. And, uh, oh, no, how can that be? So uh, it worked out okay. There was enough light from the other three. but uh, And it actually added added a rim light to to his face because the light that was not going off was was back here and it really yeah, his back yeah his it, back right your back yeah it didn't do much to the picture so it they're able to save it and run the cover so yeah i remember that like <laughs> you could yeah, from from a photographer's eye i knew people yeah. on the newsstand have no, no clue right they thought right. you were being artsy fartsy right yeah, exactly <laughs> when did you start to then touch uh, put your foot in the deep end with remotes because i've always loved your remote work and the way you kind of present and put your remotes and you kind of got creative with it. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think early, early on, they, you know, there was this this box that you'd uh, attach 
chords to and um, where's a good picture for for this play or that play or this situation uh, and then you know working for Sports Illustrated they gave us unusual access they let us put a camera behind the backboard and all that stuff. So you had a real advantage there. Was that was that kind of cool to say? I'm a Sports Illustrated, and they're like, "We'll edit whatever you want." Well, a lot of a lot of times that was the case. Right. Here's a pack of Cubans and a virgin. Do what yeah. you want. <laughs> you know, it was just you know, it was just you had such carte blanche. Yeah, yeah. You almost feel a little well. You felt guilty, but you also were able to do it, so you didn't feel that guilty. <laughs> but um, yeah, so there was a real advantage, especially like. You, you go into like a mid-major college, and oh. where do you want to put a camera? You know, do you want us to move the move the basket? Yeah. <laughs> you move know. the band, move anything. <laughs> right, right, right. Was that pretty cool though? Because I mean, you really took to the remotes. There was some pretty unbelievable stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's it was cool because it was a it was a place that you never saw a picture from before, and the 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 people weren't able to get there. Uh, this was you know this is before anybody else was doing it. Uh, there were some other people at SI that did it earlier in their career. Uh, I mean, J- John Zimmerman did it with, you know, Will Chamberlain and uh, blah, blah, blah. There was a bunch of that. But now you could do it so that you could shoot the game as well as the remotes at the same time. Just, so you could always count on what you had in your hand. And then anything else was like added benefit. Right. So. so your process going in, let's say a basketball game, because I've, I've worked with you at a basketball game. I've seen the way you present yourself. But what's your process? Like, so you're going to the game. Are you thinking, I'm going to go with my 300 down court, 7200, 2470. I'm going to do an overhead, a glass. Like, did you really break it down or did you have a formula? How did you work that process? A lot depended on the arena. If it had a catwalk, you could put a camera up there. Some arenas didn't have catwalks over the middle, so you couldn't put a camera over the basket. So let's say you're covering a, uh, a Bulls-Celtics game. Well, the Bulls wouldn't let us put a camera up in the catwalk. <laughs> 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 so there's that. But um, Was that just a union thing or somebody screwed could up? Could have been. Um, nobody was able, I mean, it was Chicago. It was Chicago. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah Chicago. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Because Bill Smith's... Right? He's a wonderful guy. I'm sure he would have helped you out if he could. But yeah. That was probably yeah. above his pay grade. Oh, it was, yeah. So you had to, you know, find other places to put them. So you put them in exits where the team walked out. You put it above that spot. You'd put it. Would you walk around? Yeah. Okay. you get there real early. I mean, it's a 7 o'clock game. You'd get there. Oh, if you're there by noon, you're late, you know. And a lot of times I'd be flying in um, the day of the game. Um, and that the six or seven a.m. flight because to get there, um, and uh, go right to the arena, set up, look for spots for remotes, set up remotes, run cords. Uh, it was good to have a good assistant because they would do a lot of that. Uh, but he, I always felt I should be there if if they're there. So, um, yeah, it was a long day. Yeah, right. But I'm not complaining. Yeah, did you <laughs> did you make your your Hasselblad or did you shoot Hasselblad as your main? Under we the we were for a while, yeah, okay. for quite a while actually. And that also was an adventure. Follow focusing uh, like a hundred and hundred millimeter lens under the basket with a Hasselblad. Oh, yeah. Or la- later, a hundred and fifty from the corner Hasselblad millimeter, hundred and fifty millimeter lens from the corner. But say that three times fast. <laughs> <laughs> or try to focus yeah, it fast. Or try to focus it. <laughs> 
Yeah. I mean, yeah, was that, so. did that take a little bit for you to get used yeah, to? Yeah, it took a little getting used to. Yeah. Were you a Nikon guy? Because it's opposite barrel Hasselblad, which was always. Yeah, I was a Nikon guy until Canon started giving us a few cameras, and then I was a Canon guy. Right. And then I went back to be a Nikon of guy. Of course. I'm still a Nikon guy. Right. So. The, the look of the images on the Hasselblad, when they were in the magazine, there was nothing better. No. Nothing I agree. Better. Nothing better. And I don't know if the public appreciated that. I mean, the photographers did. Um, but, no, it was it was the sharpest, best color on the finest paper printed in your... in your. And they all could have been just, just make me a print, sign it, I'll hang it anywhere. Yeah. They were gorgeous. Yeah, they were... It was a, it was a great, it was a great way to go. What, what advice do you have for people shooting basketball? Well, a lot, like I say, it depends on the arena. Now there's really no, not a whole lot of reason to use strobe photography because the cameras are so good. I know that breaks my heart. You say I know. I, I, I feel the same way, but, um, and I think, I think NBA is still shooting some strobe photography, aren't they? Yeah, there's some, but not all. Yeah. You don't miss as much, obviously, and um, it's just there's there's something about the light that's created with the strobes. There's obviously your color is going to pop. You're at 100 ISO or 207 one. But F8. you might miss the, the key yeah. play. But you might miss, and they want the key play, right? And now so. you're doing 20 frames a second, which that number must be insane to, for you to even hear. All right, compared to every two seconds, right? Three seconds. <laughs> Until you got until you got new strobes, right. then you have two. <laughs> Unless you're John McDonough, then you right. get a, every second and a half. Yeah, a second and a half, -ish. yeah. Just keep going. Just have Greg up there. Keep popping. Reset yeah. the pop button. Uh, so, so, what advice do you have? What, if you're not shooting on strobes, what do you, what do you what lenses are you looking to say? Well, I think I think position wise, the first spot under the basket next to the TV camera because they always get the best spot uh, is probably good because you're not going to get referees in your way as much. Um, and either the first spot or the last spot on the baseline. You you don't mind being all the way out? All the way out. Because in the middle spots, you have a real a real good chance of getting blocked by referees. Yeah, a lot of black polyester. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right in your face. Exactly. All right. What about football? What, what's, your, what's your experience and advice for football? I mean, you've, had a, you've only shot a couple of games. I know it's kind of a new sport for you. What, <laughs> what advice would you give to like someone starting out shooting football uh I, I think i think more and more you're looking f for a setting uh you know earlier i was talking about shoot long lens blah 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 but more and more you're looking for a setting photo now because i think people want to put it in a setting and the way you can crop pictures now i think you have an advantage there there's really i i think i don't know i think a lot of it is limited to what what the sidelines looks like. It's gotten, it, well, before COVID, it's gotten so busy now. Well, the benches are so big. Yeah. They go out. Like, and then the, the kicking net oh, and yeah. all that stuff, they take up five more yards. And then... Uh, then they got the clock, something in the end zone, so some guys you can't be in the end zone. And then they got the suits. They got the, the extra refs. They got that. They got suites on the, on the field yeah. now. Yeah, on the field. 
Your I, father would roll over in his grave yeah. if they knew they had hot tubs and sweets on a field. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah. I know. Birds that would explode. I, like, I pay big bucks for these sweet tixtures, pictures. Kneel down. Yeah. 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 What do you mean a hot tub? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. No. I don't see your father in Jacksonville in a hot tub taking pictures. No, exactly. He must no. have been shocked that there was a pirate ship in Tampa Bay. Yeah. I, I saw th- that photo of the three of you. Yeah, probably so. He's probably yeah. thinking... What does this come to? Yeah, I know. <laughs> what are they doing to my field? <laughs> Cannons going off, winches and pirates. I'm just trying to shoot a game. We're just doing football here. <laughs> Old school football. Old school football. What about what about golf? Golf's a tricky sport because it's not something so easy to go and practice. Like right. you don't, you know, it's not like you go to a junior high basketball game or something. Right. But what advice do you have for golf? Because that's become very cinematic. The way they shoot golf and cover it. Yeah. Well, I mean, with the mirrorless cameras now, you can shoot during their backswing. That used yes. to be a big problem. Um, a lot of photographers kicked out shooting on photographers' backswings. Tiger Woods used to be awful on that. His his caddy, Stevie Williams, would would insist that the photographer shot on his backswing, and up, they may not have, but he'd, he'd still point to a photographer and say, you shot on his backswing, and then the referee, the official would come over and you take you out or right. or something, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think you just have to be, you have to be nimble. You have to be. Have what, to, le- what lenses would you say take to golf? Yeah, um, depends what tournament. I mean, the Masters. Just say regular, right? This guy's just caught. He's covering, you know, a regular college golf. A zoom is great for golf. Okay, semi two hundred four two to four. four two to four. If you can get your hands two to up. five, yeah. I mean. Do you prefer to be in front of the golfer, behind the golfer, backlit, frontlit? I think in front of them, you have a better chance at, a, at an expression after the shot or during the shot. But for instance, the Masters—that was the most—that was the most fun to shoot and was the most difficult to shoot of any tournament. You, you had to stay in the crowd. You couldn't go in front of them. You couldn't go inside the rows. So many rules. Yeah, but it was like. The Masters, it was out of nursery. There was color everywhere. It was tradition. I look forward to that. That was one of my favorite assignments every year, the was Masters. It, yeah. Was that your most, like... One of the most favorite and difficult to shoot, but... Um, Would you kind of put your name in? Like, I'll be back next year, right? Yeah, kind of. Hugs yeah. and kisses. It's John. Yeah, me. yeah. Well, they used to send pretty much the same people every year, so it was kind of... In, uh, yeah, it was good. We, we enjoyed doing it. Because you cracked in with... With John's dad, you know, passing away. Once you made, shot that, that yeah. One. Once you get an opener, then they send you consider you for the next year again. And then I think I skipped a year. Somebody else wanted to come. Uh, that's one that everybody wants to come to once, and then they find out how hard it is to shoot. And then they said, "Nah, you can send somebody else." That's next good. Year. <laughs> I'm good. I got my one. I got all my memorabilia. I bought everything in the go- in the gift shop, so I can go home now. <laughs> I, whatever day rate I earned, I just sent it to the gift shop. Yeah, exactly. So, um, do you, you carry a wide around your neck? Always carry a wide. Okay. Football too. I mean, that's Walter Yosa's uh, the catch. The San Francisco Dwight Clark catch a fifty around his neck. Ever since then, people have been carrying fifties at football games. Right before, I'm not sure they were. Your your San Francisco Giants game in San Francisco. I think it was was the year the last year the Niners went to the Super Bowl. Was it 13, 14? It was in it was in San San Francisco. Do you remember that game in the pouring rain? 
there was a few games up there that were in pouring rain. It was not that long ago. Okay. I'm blanking on what year it was. Whatever the hell that was. They played the Ravens. You only shot with a 400 and a 50. And all I heard about was like how you just killed it. You were on fire. I was with the club and we were in New York and I was in the office, you know, talking to everybody. And I asked if they could pull up your take. And I actually looked at the, and through photo mechanic, your take. And it was unbelievable how you were absolutely slaughtering everybody there with just a 400 and a 50. Thanks. You in know, the pouring rain. Well, in pouring rain, you got to keep it simple. The last thing you want is your front element to get wet. Because then yeah. you're shot. Then then that lens can't be used the rest of the game. And back then, were, was that still with film or was that digital? No, it was digital. Okay. It was digital. Because film was hard to change oh. in the rain. And uh, so, no, whenever it was raining or snowing dip hard, tried to just keep it simple. Two cameras, uh, cover, cover it up. Uh, make trash sure trash bags or whatever you trash have bags covers never never aim really up good. towards towards the sky because you might get rain drops on it um, oh. yeah you, now you're worried about how you carry your gear yeah you? yeah that was all important that's as important as taking the picture at that point but you know it's it's funny because a lot of times i would send in takes and never i mean i'd get assignment the next monday they'd call and give me something else but you never see your your best pictures i'd never see my 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 uh you know, best thing you had, yeah. or whatever it might I mean, be. the best you would hope would run in the magazine, the best two or three, but the rest of the, the take, the selects, they call them, mm-hmm. uh, which were the 20 next best pictures you never saw. I right. still haven't seen them. Right. They're still somewhere out in the, uh, in New York. So, right. And there was, and there was always that weird thing too, when you, when you thought you should get this double truck, but the other three kind of either worked with the story or more poignant, you know, the Boston bombing or whatever it was and kind of bumped you off. Yeah. Some horse comes out of nowhere and wins the Preakness and you're like, damn it, that's my slot that I should. And that photo never sees a lot of No, I never took it for granted that way. Yeah. Yeah, I never took it for granted. Did you ever do horse racing? I never did a horse race in my life. I never did a professional tennis match in my life. Those are the two things I never did. How did you miss (laughs) that? Really? Yeah. Those are the only two things I never did. You would think yeah. one of those, no tennis yeah. at all. Yeah, no. Because you were, you know, in the 80s and 90s, there was a lot of great tennis. Yeah, there were a lot of good f- tennis photographers. Women for te- women's tennis, men's tennis. Yeah, sports like, there, and they, there weren't a lot of, there wasn't a lot of tennis being played in, in Wisconsin either. No, but. Especially in the winter. But you were being, <laughs> you were being thrown all over the place. You were going here yeah. and there. No, there was good, other good tennis photographers. Right. There were other good horse racing photographers. So, Fine. Did you prefer the pro game in football to college? Or would, did you maybe hope you were doing more college games, a Notre Dame or Air Force Army, whatever it was? Yeah, there was a real excitement about college, both football, college football, and college basketball. There's an ex- excitement in the arena, in the stadium. I mean, the first time I went and did an Alabama game uh, for Sports Illustrated uh, in Tuscaloosa, it was like a revelation. It's like people down here take this stuff serious. And they, it's like... You know, they've been camped out here in the parking lot for five days. And it was a real excitement, which I guess there wasn't in pro football was, you know, a little more. They thought of themselves a little, little more professional. Right. Not that kind of excitement. So that that was unique. Uh, not, especially, not, especially down south. 
Yeah. Oh, they yeah. took their college football. Yeah, that was big stuff down there. Like, we'd be all, oh, yeah, our SCUCLA, not even close. No. Alabama, you, uh, Auburn. Uh, Florida, Florida State back then yep. in the 90s. Whoa. Yep. Miami. Miami. Miami, Florida. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Florida, Miami, Florida State, cover a lot of those games. Uh, oh, you saw history. Yeah. Yeah, there was you a lot of You saw Bobby Bounds heartbreak a lot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Michael Irvin in college. Uh, yeah. There was a lot of that. Did you ever see, like, Barry Sanders in college in Oklahoma when he was the backup? Well, who's this guy in front of him, you know? And it's some other stud, Thomas, who ends up being a Buffalo. And yeah. it's just like these no, unbelievable did a lot of, stories that unfold. Did a lot of that. Yeah, a lot of that. I used to cover a college game every Saturday and a pro game every Sunday for, th- for 30 years. Did you ever and do Army-Navy? Never did that, no. That's that's my, I have to get that checked off my list. Really? I want to do Army-Navy the really? worst way. Just that that beautiful pageantry, and they're all dressed up, and you know their student body is very professional, yeah. and they're they're all into it, and they're committed, and yeah, you know the president occasionally be there, and a big flyover, and, then, and it just looks like it'll be great. Yeah, it would, you know. But there were a lot of good photographers in New York who would shoot it, or Al Tillmans who lived in Philadelphia would yeah, shoot it. Yeah, he's in Philadelphia. Yeah, so and he, he was a terrific photographer. Oh, absolutely. So, yeah. If you weren't a photographer, what would you have been? Hmm, that's a good question. Um, one I had never really thought of. I mean, my degree was in business. I guess something in business. I mean, I probably wouldn't have been as as much fun. <laughs> I probably made would have made a lot more money. <laughs> but <laughs> not nearly the stories. No, I wouldn't have had the stories. <laughs> I wouldn't have had the stories. Uh, you'd have been some mid-level manager at, you know, 3M or DuPont right. or something. And Never had to get out of Vince Lombardi's way. Yeah, and <laughs> Vince would have tore you a new one. <laughs> well, we mentioned it before we hit the record button. It's the most difficult sports, you know, in the in the days, and in that first day of college basketball during the tournament. Yeah. Those four games in a day. Four games in a day. Ooh, yeah. anything can happen. Like, how many of those did you cover and how many of those did you just grind through? Yeah, I probably covered 15 or 20 years of that. Oh, that's dog years. Yeah, because you're you're setting remotes. You're putting, especially with film, well, even with digital. Um, you know, I'm, and I'm not complaining. I didn't turn them down. But uh, you'd have to get there early, set up all these remotes, make sure film's in every one, test all the remotes. After each, you have four games. You have to be sharp with your handheld for all four games, especially when you're doing uh, manual focus. Um, and then after each game, you had to unload the remotes. Uh, somebody, you'd meet somebody at the door to ship the film on the next plane, blah, blah, blah. Um, and they weren't always in great places. They were kind of like, you know, Salt Lake, Utah, or, you know, Right. Boise State or New Mexico State, they weren't always in big, glorious arenas. No, the, the first round, they often put in a lesser, look, not lesser, but smaller locations. Yeah. Just big, to introduce it to the rest right, of the country. Right. A university would get a bid right. and they would end up being someplace. So the first game, at, le- at least, well, let's say Milwaukee, they had some there. I, di- I did it there. The first game was at 11 o'clock Thursday morning. Uh, you get there at 7 as soon as they open the door to the arena. Run in. Um, you, you set up your strobes the day before, um, and um, or your assistant would, and you would set up your strobes. Go in. You know, you may have even put some remotes in the day before. Although, 
that wasn't always the case either. Sometimes I had to put them in then. Mm-hmm. Uh, put film, check film, check exposure, all that. The game starts at 11. Uh, you know, two-hour game. The good thing about college basketball is it's a two-hour game. Right. Unlike, unlike I, football, you almost which is yeah. college football is a three-and-a-half-hour game. And um, so, uh, yeah, it's over in two hours. There's a half hour between until the next game. You had to get all your film out of your remotes. You had to double check that, um, get all your equipment ready. And when we were doing digital, we were transmitting from this from the arenas. Um, you had to transmit between games. Um, you had an assistant doing that often, but you also had to d- double check on that. Right. So it was an intense day from <sighs> seven in the morning until past midnight. I mean, it was a long day. And by the fourth game, I was telling people, by the second half of the fourth game, the last game, I was pre-focusing on the front of the rim (laughs) and hoping that something happened. And and generally, that's where something important happened. So a tip tip in a dunk or something. Right. Because really that first day, it's kind of like you're just just trying to make sure there's not an upset. Right. Right. Upsets were big. Right. You didn't want 15 to upset two. Right. And so you're just trying to cover that and whatever maybe outstanding photo you get, great. Because other than that, the magazine's not gonna use any of that no, stuff. No, because by the time the, the next the oh, next two days or two days day later, later are the finals of that of that particular Right. Thir- thirty two now we're playing and right, right. to get to the sweet sixteen, now it becomes important. Yeah. So it was for a gallery when they were running galleries. Right. Um so at least on digital. On on film we would yeah, it's it's funny. Even the final four, the first day of the final four, never ran. It was always the right. final the final game. How many great final four day one photos did you take that never? You know, it was it was funny because you're more relaxed that day because you know nothing's going to run, <laughs> so you make your best pictures that day. Isn't that weird? Yeah, it is. You're, you're like oh, you're not like, tense up. Yeah, you're like oh, I shot all this stuff and never seen. You're having fun. You're, yeah. you're having fun shooting this game. I, I mean. As great as you are, you're on Mount Rushmore. You said that you would get nervous, you would get tensed up, you would get a little yeah, butterfly. Yeah, I, th- I think it helped you. I think it, I think it helped you. And I'm not sure if tense is the right word. You, in your mind, you double check everything. Yeah. yeah. Fresh batteries. Fresh batteries. Got a exposures, card. correct. <laughs> yeah. The cards in, all that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, were you? you were you cognizant of how big some of the events you covered were, like Final Four? Or did it start to become like, that's another basketball game? I think you tried to make it another basketball game because I think that relaxed you a little bit. But, um, yeah, I mean, you, you couldn't get awed by it because then you're going to screw up. Right, you didn't go off to the side, throw up your breakfast from the No, I didn't ne- the never throw up before a game. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, I never cried before a game like Scotty Shepard did at the Masters. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> so. We're... Did you do much portraiture work? I did hardly any portraiture work. Did you want to do more and just never kind of fell into your... I never really did, no. Um, and I wasn't any good at it. Okay. And they and they said, if you're not good at it, keep doing what you're good at. Right. Because we it's have not... other people who can do portraiture. Yeah. I said, fine, let them do it. I just, I just never took to it. And I think a lot of that is from growing up. I never did a lot of it. Right. So if you're not used to it in an early yeah. age, it's kind of yeah. tough. 20 years later, I'll pick it up. Yeah. No, I never... Did you ever want to do like Dana Life's? Maybe like a more photographic photojournalism? Yeah, kind that's of? photojournalism. I did plenty of that at the Milwaukee, at the Milwaukee Journal. But did you uh, ever do like the Dana Life of Bobby Knight or Coach K or, you know? No, I think we had other people that wanted, to, I think, to do that more. 
um, people that had an ends with them. Um, Rich Clarkson with Bobby Knight. Right. Um, Bill Frakes had ends with um, University of Miami players, mm-hmm. Russell, Mar- Russell Maryland, and uh, those those guys. Right. So there are other people. I think it's important to have an in with them. You have a real advantage. Um, but Sports Illustrated had a real advantage in that in that regard too. They were able to do those kind of things. Uh, and they had a pool of talent to pull from, to pick from, and say yeah. like, okay. We're going to give Walter this portrait. We're going to send you off to go yeah. to the college game. And Walter knew all these athletes. I mean, he and Jordan yeah. were like that. So right. why send somebody else? Yeah. Crazy. Jordan wouldn't have responded as well. He wouldn't have been as relaxed. And being relaxed, I think, is the key part. My only thought was, I wonder if there would be a fresh perspective on it where if Walter goes, maybe there's almost too buddy-buddy comfortable. And then with you, there's kind of like, no, this is what I'm trying to do. Sometimes yeah. that kind of works. We get too comfortable with the cl- with the subject. I can see that. I can see that. But I think I think most athletes want to feel comfortable. Uh, most star athletes they do because they're not professional models, right? And that's what we forget. Jordan's an unbelievable basketball player, but he's not Cindy Crawford. He's not a professional model, right? Right. And so there is a difference. Being comfortable with an athlete, I think, is really important. <laughs> oh yeah. Where did you? And maybe your dad gave you this knack. I don't know, but where did you get the knack? of the coach being lifted on his shoulders photo. You are so good at that. <laughs> you got Lou Holtz doing that. You got John Madden doing that, which are two absolutely different body types. Lou Holtz, I can fit in my Peloton case. <laughs> dear John was the size of a refrigerator. Yeah, you just have to anticipate that's going to happen and um, fight for the spot. Uh, some people are better than me at it. I mean, Al Tillman is there the minute the whistle goes, he's he's in the frame. You can see him on TV being right in front of it. Yeah, and he moves like an elite athlete when it's yeah. out there. He's yeah, he's, no, he's. But uh, that one of John when they beat Minnesota, that black and white one, uh, John it, Madden. Yeah, that's precious. yeah. That, thanks. See, I was in a good spot for that one, and he looks into the sun. Oh yeah, like, that almost looks like you. That was at the Rose Bowl. Yeah, like you set it up. John, look here. Look up, smile. He was doing that. Yeah. And, he, and they let us, they gave us great access there. It depends, a lot depends on how much access they'll give you before the whistle, at the end of the game whistle. You, 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 you inch in and some, sometimes they let you in, sometimes they don't. So Have you noticed over your 56 how those things have contrasted and gotten smaller and smaller? Well, yeah, because it's gotten so out of hand. I mean, there was a point, I, I don't know early 50s <laughs> where it was getting dangerous out there. It, there it really was not only with photographers but family members and um, you know office help and everybody was on the field and it was you could hardly breathe and it was getting dangerous and the NFL recognized that and they cut cut way back this year there were a lot less photographers allowed on the field and I think that's probably going to be a trend that going to continue oh, so yeah, yeah. Did you ever do a game in Texas where they had the they had the steer, or Colorado where the buffaloes? Oh out yeah, there? I did those. Yeah, and you're like, make sure you don't back up into that guy. Oh yeah, that's <laughs> that's the thing you first thing you learn. Yeah. <laughs> Stay away from him. Yeah, there's those little quirks. Is is as the streak is you're the last remaining guy in the streak, you know, and there's two of you alive, but Walter has decided he he was done with it. Yeah. Do you look back at this now and go? <laughs> I can't believe this ride. Well, yeah, it's high risk. What if you got sick the day of the game? 
Right. Or what a f- bad Mexican food. You know, there was a few a few other times. There was a there was a Super Bowl in, in New Orleans. I was shooting for the magazine. Again, New Orleans. Yeah, it's got to be <laughs> New Orleans. Uh, Milwaukee was snowed in that week. <laughs> so how do I get to that New Orleans? Week? Yeah, for like three days uh, when I was supposed to fly out. So my my Thursday flight, my Friday flight were canceled. How do you get down there? Um, the picture editor suggested, how about to check the train? Um, so I checked the train. Yeah, you can get there on the train. Luckily, on Friday, the airport opened up, or Saturday. Maybe, it may have been Saturday. I was able to fly down. But there is, you know, there's a few high-risk places there that you could have could have missed one. And uh, it, all, it all worked out. It's, I mean, it's, uh, have you ever thought about when it ends? Yeah, it's going to end at some point. I, I tell people I'd like to get to 60. I mean, I'm, I'm only going to be 75 when I'm 60. So, um, And the NFL has been great about continuing this. After, after I stopped shooting for SI at Super Bowl 50, I contacted uh, NFL media, Mike Signora, who's the VP out there, and I said, you know, I'd like to continue doing this. And he said, let me, let me check. So he checked with Ben Leidenberg mm-hmm. of NFL media, NFL photos, and uh, Ben welcomed me into his group, and he's been great. He, that's, that's been a real good connection. Yeah, Ben's fantastic. Ben's I had him great. on, and he said, like, he will have you on until you decide you that's don't want to. That's what he tells. It. That's yeah. what he tells me. And he, and he brings my wife, Deb, along, too, as, as a runner. So she, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's, I mean, she's helped me. She has been an assistant of mine since the 1998 uh, U.S. Open at Olympic in San Francisco, um, she has a story to tell too. She, <laughs> you, I don't know how much time you have. We got all day, John. What's for dinner? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, there's dinner. Uh, but yeah, so she, uh, you know, she wanted to be a photographer. Her father said, no, you, you can't be a photographer. I don't, I don't want any starving artists. You have to go to business school. <laughs> okay. I'm doing photography as a hobby. So she, Took to photography, um, decided she she started working with Steve Lepofsky at, at the Celtics, and w- approached him and said, you know, I'm, I'm a photographer. What can I do to help here? Is there anything I can do? Do you want to trigger this remote? Do you want to run this film? Started doing that, and that's all. I mean, nobody steps into it and becomes a photographer right away. Right. You have to do the grunt work first, and she was willing to do all that stuff. And um, so eventually she went to Sports Illustrated because um, she had met Manny Milan at, the, I think, the Boston Marathon. He was shooting it, and she was there, you know, trying trying to shoot it also just for herself. And and um, he said, what can I do to help? She He said, give me a ride to the airport after the marathon. Get me to the airport in time. He did. She did great on that. Um, I'd like to, you know, assist. What what do I do? Come in, talk to talk to the talk to um, photo editor she did she um, impressed them and uh, she worked with Manny as his assistant at the 1990, 1996 Olympics in Atlanta wow okay. yeah and she did great there um, you know and and Heinz Heinz Klumer was the boss at that point and he said you're doing great keep doing what you're doing uh, she was living in San Francisco at that point she was working for I think U.S. Trust. She was a in the. Okay. She worked in as a banker for them, and um, she assisted me at the 1996 uh, U.S. Open in, at Olympic Club in a, in uh, San Francisco. 
and uh, she she did great. Uh, Heinz suggested she she worked with me. She did great. So anytime I had an assignment from then on uh, in the West Coast anywhere, uh, she would be my assistant. Huh. Yeah. So we worked well together. Um, and after I took the buyout in 2012, we worked at the same club, 20, at the Olympic Club, U.S. Open. Um, I called her, and we, we started dating, and uh, I moved out here. Wow. Yeah. Thank God Greg Nelson didn't look good in heels. <laughs> <laughs> oh, maybe he does. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> wow. Yeah. What the, what, are you just trying to have a Hallmark special? <laughs> So yeah. that worked out good too. Yeah, <laughs> damn right it did. It's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, sure yeah, did. Yeah, you know, your your girlfriend becomes a wants to be a photographer, becomes an assistant, and you know, becomes your wife. Like yeah. that's perfect. Yeah, it's perfect. Absolutely perfect. How were those ten Olympics that you covered? Like after they threw you into the snow pit and you go on, what Olympics like stand out for you? Because everybody kind of thinks that's like the pit. That's like the pinnacle. That's the top. But for you having this streak. You know, the Super Bowl, some people would give up an Olympic for a Super Bowl. Yeah, you know, Olympics, Winter Olympics, I think, are the hardest thing you could cover. Yeah. You have to carry so much gear, you're all the clothes. Um, Especially if you're outside. If you're on the mountain, it's a brutal. Oh, it's brutal. Yeah, and it's a long day. I mean, there again, working for Sports Illustrated, we, we had an advantage. We had better parking. We had drivers. We had uh, things like that. Logistics were taken care of. That for it, some of it. Right. Yeah, for some were, of the Olympics. If you were Gary at the, you know, the Gazette, you don't oh, get yeah. that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, those guys had to run to catch a bus four hours, four hours before the event to get a spot at the, the right spot near where they wanted to be. And I, when, you're the, when you're with SI, you're covering an event. When you're Gary, you're covering like five. You're, you're a community photographer all of a sudden covering five things. That's difficult. Right. Those guys really work. And they, they do, they, they do, do great, a great job. And, uh, yeah, no, they, I, I really admire that kind of, that kind of persistence and talent because you got to work hard to do that. So we had an advantage there. Probably my favorite Olympics was Lillehammer, Norway. It just, the, uh, that was, uh, I think 90, 94 winter Olympics. I don't know. Uh, somewhere in there. Yeah. But people were so friendly. Um, and yeah. at the site, it's like Norwegian people just couldn't do enough for you. You know, if you wanted a spot, they'd move for you. <laughs> it's like compared to other places where they try to get in front of you. It's not New York. No, it's not New York. <laughs> yeah. But each Olympics was different. I mean, I did five winter, five summer, and um, they, they got me around the world. I mean, Albertville, Norway I did. I did... Uh, Beijing, I did Athens, I did uh, London, did uh, Nagano, Japan. It, it was a great, great time. Great experience traveling that way. Even though it was a long day, it was difficult to do, but there's no complaints here. Right. Right. Were you noticing, right, because we were talking about you, you leave to freelance at 35, you're working for SI in your 40s and 50s, was there a point you felt you were peaking? You got, like, at SI, you, like, okay, 2000 what, or 99, what, you're, like, at the pinnacle of the best photography you were making? Yeah, you don't feel... Physically, you know, you're great. Yeah. Your eye-hand coordination, long days don't bother you. Yeah, I think, I think there's a... 
I, th- I think there isn't a specific day when you say, I've had enough. But at some point you say, haven't I done this like enough already? Right. And that, that's what happened in 2012. They were offering buyouts. And um, I was 62 at that point. And in my mind, I'm thinking, there was two reasons why I took the buyout. I'm thinking back to the Milwaukee Journal days when I see photographers who are in their early 60s becoming grumpy. I don't want to be that. And I'm uh, saying, you know, with autofocus now, photographers can keep doing this till they're 80. It's not fair to young photographers. It's not fair. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's no way for them to get in. I don't want, I, I, I think that's not right. So why don't I move away? Peter, Peter did the same thing. And uh, we each took buyouts. And I'm, I'm happy for it. Right. That takes a very special person to think of the youth, the kids coming up that like, I want a spot for them or I want a chance for them to have these moments made. Yeah, you know, thank you. That's, that's how I was thinking. But also, I was getting a little, I mean, I've just, I've just done 24 masters. What can I do different than the next one? So it, there's that and there's that. Right. Right. Yeah. So and, you get a little tired of it. Yeah. And it's, isn't it funny? Like if someone would have told you at 35, you're going to get tired of this. You're like, ah, not a no, chance. No, this is the greatest job. This, this is the greatest, greatest job ever. I Sports, can't, photography, yeah. I can't travel wait the to world. Do Oklahoma, Texas. I want to do it all year. Yeah. yeah. And then you're like, oh God, they're sending me to Oklahoma and Texas again. Yeah. Well, <sighs> I think the winter sport, I think the winter in, in Wisconsin with all the, the, the snow and the canceled flights, that 6 a.m. flights are eventually got to me so. yeah was there any point did you think like okay i'm out of wisconsin i'm gonna move to texas or somewhere else where i don't have to deal with the no the I, I had ties in wisconsin i really i really family could. was still yeah there. yeah and then so, when i started uh, dating deb it was like uh you know she sent me these pictures from out here it's like it doesn't look so bad out there maybe i should consider damn, moving to california deb, deb you're damn cute in the summer <laughs> It's January and you yeah. don't have snow. What's you want going a picture of me? Yeah, yeah. Love and sun can go a long way, John. Yeah. Okay. I, I found that out. <laughs> how was when your dad steps away and Jim takes over? How was that in the family? Did you ever think like I would like to be a sideline photographer, or was that something like Jim was going to do, and you never wanted to be a team photographer? Yeah, I never wanted to be a team photographer. I never wanted to have. And, and even when I'm doing, uh, you know, I never wanted to have to root. I couldn't. I didn't want to root for a team that I was covering. Uh, even though in your mind you're doing a Packer game, you're hoping they do well. Right. But you're not rooting for them. Better pitchers are made, right? Right. Exactly. No, I, I never really wanted to do that. But um, I, I was glad my brother was there, wanted to do it. It worked out very well. He was living in Wisconsin. The whole thing worked out very well. Right. Because it's a grind. Like, for your dad to put in all those years with the same club oh. between people, management, players, coaches, losing. You know, winning. not even living in the town where your team photographer. I mean, they would have a game in California on Monday. And the Packers, some of that time were popular. They'd be on Monday night. He'd get back to Green Bay on the team plane at 4 in the morning, 5 in the morning, drive home to Port Washington, which was hour and a half, two hours away go to the store where he's managing that day, work that day, you know, after, and that night probably go to the dark room until 2 a.m. the next day. He had some long days, yeah. But he wasn't complaining. He was 
I guess he 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 had a good time there. So. How much how much of your career do you owe to your dad? Most of it. Yeah. Because I mean, just the way you just the way you say that that what he put in like that's Midwest man. Like that's a great family man. Like you don't see that kind of commitment today. Yeah. To I'm I'm flying with my team on a Monday. I'm driving. God knows what the weather is to get home to. Yeah, the house. he went through plenty of snowstorms to get home. Right, and he's not driving an assault vehicle. He's probably an old Plymouth, you know, with snow tires or whatever, trying yeah. to get home in a drift. Yeah, you know, he still has a business he's got to run. He's got mouths to feed. Yeah, that's that's unbelievable, yeah. right? No, it's. I think that kind of gets lost when people talk about your dad. And the Beavers, that like, he still had other things. He wasn't today like, I God love him. I love John Suhu. His job is the Dodgers. Right. You're, that was a part of your dad's life. Right. Was Green Bay. Right. He still had a business and a family. Exactly. Like exactly. I'm sure your father would have taken a hundred grand a year just to shoot the Packers. I'm not so <laughs> sure. He had so many friends in Port Washington. He didn't. Want, he never wanted. I think he was. He might have been offered. They might have offered to bring him to Green Bay, have him live in Green Bay. But he had too many friends in Port Washington, so he grew up there. And um, yeah. Were you happy the way your career turned out? Yeah, I was very happy. So anything you would do over? No, I can't think of anything. Not not. One more frame. If you maybe give me ten minutes, maybe I would. Uh, I would have moved and got Brett Favre coming off the field with his. <laughs> you would have. <laughs> it still lingers. <laughs> Isn't it though? Isn't it always like the the missed one is the one? Yeah. Just constant that little pebble in the shoe. Yeah, and nobody's going to get everyone. Right. But you, you can't convince yourself of that, and especially the Super Bowl, like I said, because there's not another game for till later in the year. There isn't a game next week. Now, if it's not Brett Favre, if it's not the Packers, does it sting less? Or is there that... No. Is that love affair, though, Packer fan, dad, commitment thing that... that that's yeah, I mean, I would have loved to have the cover of Brett Favre coming off the field after winning the Super Bowl, but didn't. Um, but, in fact, he wasn't even the MVP that game. No. Oddly, oddly enough. Desmond should, Howard, right? Right, and should have been. Punt return, kickoff kick return. return. Right. Yeah, I didn't have a reception though for a touchdown. No, Antonio Freeman the, did, and Andre Risen did. Yeah, it was the punt and the not ki- that I remember the game. No, no. not at all. <laughs> <laughs> but it was the two punt or the kickoff punt the returns kickoff, that the, yeah. were absolutely game changers. Yeah, yeah, those are yeah. and and you've covered them, so you know kickoffs and punt returns in games when somebody does it can flip a momentum in a oh, heartbeat. Yeah. Right, uh, the smallest thing can can flip a Super Bowl. Right, the 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 Colts Bears, and when they return that kickoff, that's huge. New Orleans gets the uh, onside kick. I was going to mention that. Right, onside kick to start the second half. Right, the balls on Sean. Yeah, to make that call. Yeah, smart call. <laughs> you know, smart coach. He almost got to Green Bay. He was a second choice uh, when they, as I understand it, not that I would have known, but, uh, <laughs> uh, in Green Bay, when they hired Mike McCarthy, Sean Payton was the second choice there, but I think they, they would have done well either way. Right. And you don't know how that works out. He might've been an absolute flame out in Green Bay yeah. just because of management and people. It, and you've known this, you've been around football long enough. It does, Sometimes it's where the player lands or the coach yeah. that makes all the difference. Yeah. Right. Uh, um, if 
if the Dallas Cowboys don't make the trade with Herschel Walker and trade him, what does that team become? Right. You never get the triplets, right? Like there's all kinds of weird scenarios. You've done this long enough. You see, oh, it doesn't take much. Right. What if um, Drew doesn't get hurt and Tom never plays? Right. Tom right. sits on the bench for four or five years. Like he did in uh, Michigan. Michigan, right? Because the, they, the Pats were rolling when Drew was playing. Yeah. It's a weird injuries that you've seen that can affect the whole thing. Yep. Location is everything for all, all athletes. All right. I want to end it with this, and I want, I, want, I want your honest opinion. I am a huge uh, 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 Sterling Sharp. Right, wide receiver of the Packers, huge fan of his. I loved the way he played, his build. He was like the stud, and I always said, if you flipped him and Jerry Rice, like his Sterling's career would have been different because when he was with the Packers, they didn't have a great quarterback, and if he would have played with with Montana, his his notoriety, his Hall of Fame stature would have been different. How great was was Sterling? He was outstanding, and like you say, he was hidden in Green Bay. Um, I think Jerry Rice might have been a little better, frankly. Right, but you know the the thing about Sharp is he was very distant with the press, so he didn't get a lot of good press, and that means a lot. And um, I'm sure Jerry Rice was much better with the press. Right, is that a Milwaukee thing? Kareem was like that too. Yeah, a lo- <laughs> that's a Wisconsin thing. People, you, you yeah. guys are so sweet. They come yeah, in. Yeah. Yeah, I, I know. It's hug like a cow. Hug a, they hug want. Be, they want the big city, though. They're not getting it in Milwaukee or Green Bay. So uh, yeah, I yeah. always just thought, man, that guy was a stud. Yeah, An absolute stud. Yeah, you could count on him. He, uh, who was the quarterback? Dan Magic or Dan? They call oh, Don Mikowski. Don Mikowski. They call him yeah, the Magic, Magic Man. Man. Yeah, right. He 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 had a couple good years there. Yeah, but he wasn't Montana. So I was no. like, if you just give him on Montana, <laughs> <laughs> I guess we'll never know on that one. <laughs> I, I figured if there was uh, the person to ask, it was either you or Jim because your yeah, father was alive. No, so. no, we can't give you any kind of answer. Sorry. Damn it. <laughs> All right. Well, Jerry Rice still is probably the best player in the NFL. Yeah, he probably is, and I, it's probably one of the better ones I covered. Well, okay, who's the best? Who was the best you covered? Photographically for you? Oh, photographically, or the yeah. best? I think is you know the how, best we, ever. We cheat that, right? Because like, you might shoot Jordan and be like, "Yeah, but I made better pictures of." You, you couldn't beat Jordan. Every game you went, every time you went to a game, you'd see a different. You'd see him do something different you hadn't seen before. Wow. Yeah, and how many players could could you say that about in any sport? Yeah, see, I shot him at the end. Yeah. So I didn't get him in those those eighties. No. You know, it was the unbelievable. Early nineties when yeah. he was he would it was just unbelievable. Would that get your heart racing when you knew you had that yeah. assignment? Yeah. Those are good those are good assignments. It was a, a long day again. Drive to Chicago, hour and a half, set up remotes, uh, fight Chicago traffic, blah, blah, blah. But boy, you'd see something you never saw before. So there you go. That's all you can ask. I can't I can't thank you enough. You are an absolute gentleman. You are a wonderful human being. There needs to be more photographers like you. If there's Mount Rushmore, you're on it. Oh, thank you very much. Uh, I'm not sure I deserve that. Oh, come on, come on, Doug Williams, right there in my room, (laughs) just off. I can I can close my eyes right now and see where my desk was with the bunk bed, and it was to the right. It's not there anymore. You took it down. Well, my parents moved. (laughs) My wife would think that was kind of. I was going to ask you to take a picture of it on your phone. Why? 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 Why?
so. I, I'm a big, you know, big Redskins fan, honey. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Oh, John. you're very welcome. I enjoyed it. This it was fun to do. This has been an absolute pleasure. Fun to do. To walk down memory lane and, like, pick your brain and and know you and your family and everything you did and, and the images that you made. It's been an absolute blessing. All right. I enjoyed it. I'll be happy. Happy I did it. Thank you very much. Let's do it at 60. Okay. Yeah. 60. So we got four more years, right? Or three and more. maybe seven? No, right. I'm only well, doing it's I'm up only to doing you. It's up to, uh, no, it's up to the NFL it, to give you a pass. It's up to if she wants to keep running your card. Yeah. <laughs> that might be the hard one to convince. Thank yeah. you, John. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to the Just a Good Conversation podcast with John Beaver. Please click the like button if you enjoyed the episode. Thank you for listening to the Just a Good Conversation podcast with John Beaver. Please click the like button if you enjoyed the episode. Become a subscriber to the show. Please leave a review if you enjoyed what you heard. And remember to follow the Just a Good Conversation podcast on Instagram. And you can find all of our past shows on the website, justagoodconversation.com. Thank you for listening.